Hello, everyone, and welcome to Really Old Movies. I'm your host, Harrison Scullin, and today we're going to be talking about our top 10 2010s. So without further ado, let me bring on my co-host. Hello. Yo, yo. Back at it again. Back at it again, yep. Can you hear me now? And maybe yeah. we have, And maybe not have difficulties with the technology, but I highly doubt it. That's why we do it live, right? <laughs> we do it live. Do it live. Yep. <laughs> All right. So how's everyone doing? You have a good Christmas? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was Christmas yesterday. <laughs> so did it, was it good for everyone? Not yeah. for Hunter, but for everyone else? I had a good Christmas. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. <laughs> it was pretty good. Got some yeah. movies. Anybody else get some movies? I got some movies. Yeah. I got a couple of, I got the Criterion for Sound of Metal and Moonstruck. So that makes me very happy because I really love both of those movies. Nice. What about you, Hunter? (laughs) Someone named Harrison gave me a bunch of old movies he didn't want anymore (laughs) because he has the 4K versions of them and doesn't need the DVD anymore. Are you guys in the same house right now? No, no. no, uh, Same town, though. Wait, where are you, Hunter? I'm at our parents' house. And you, Harrison? I'm at my own house. Oh, you you don't? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. But we see each other a lot. We're not too far away from each other. Yeah. yeah. The Hunter's going to college this weekend. Wow. I, am. I know. I'm moving to Utah on Friday. That's awesome. With All my right. new movies from Christmas. <laughs> yes. And you'll use your new desktop, right? That's right. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started with our top 10 2010s movies. And I'll be starting it off this week. So without further ado, let's bring him up. All right. So has everybody seen this film here, Les Miserables? Yes. Awesome. Yes. So I love this movie a lot. Um, You know, I love the music aspect of it. I think it's amazing amazing music this is one of the few musicals i really really like second to i guess sound of music um i love the storyline i mean it's you know very sad and depressing but just overall the overarching theme of you know justice versus mercy and redemption and all that are really really good uh story elements that you know made me really intrigued with this movie and just the original broadway musical as well um yeah, uh, I, I was actually going to ask you, have you seen the show uh, like on Broadway or West End? No, uh, I have a VHS of the original cast. Interesting. I've seen that. <laughs> but you've never seen it on stage, right? No, not yet. I really want to, though. It's I believe it's good. actually going on tour, so it might be coming to a city near you. Actually. Yeah, that's correct. It, it, it actually is interesting because, like, obviously, yeah, the musical, one of the greatest probably – yeah, top five, top three, you know, of all time. I feel like it's like the iconic musical. Yeah, 100%. That being said, I dislike the film for all the reasons that, um, for, 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 how do I say this? I feel like it doesn't do it justice. And in a, in a, in a pure cinematic, you know, filmmaking way, I think it's, for the most part, uninspired. Um, I think the directing is all over the place. It's not focused. 
Um, I feel like there's, I think like a lot of it was badly casted. I mean, Russell Crowe and, you know, does his best, but like. He's not a good singer. No, I agree with that. Well, actually, hold on. I would like to add on to that. Russell Crowe, by definition, he is not a bad singer. He actually has been, he's been in a band for a very, like, I think back in the eighties. But the thing is the band that he's in focuses more on folk and country, which is a more nuanced way of singing. Whereas with musical theater, it needs to be expressive. It needs to be very belty. So it was really just, he was given like he was just put in a position where like he wasn't able to flourish with what right. his style is able to do. Right. I, I agree. Someone like Hugh Jackman is maybe more able to because he has Broadway training and yeah, he right, has been right. training classical Broadway sort of ways. So Russell yeah. Crowe is not technically singing poorly. It's just, it doesn't mesh well with like the style of the music and mm. with what the show is going for. Right. So, so badly casted in a way, right? Cause like casting in a musical is not just looks, it's also voice, right? Yes. Which so, is why people have thought, Oh, he's just a bad singer. When in yeah, reality no, no. he was just set up to fail. Honestly. Yeah, no, that, 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 right. that 100%, 100% sense. true. And, and again, I think like the cast overall did a wonderful job. I just think that it was just for me, very uh, poorly directed uh it just shot choices editing even the visual effects i think were horrible i thought we could see the cgi from a mile away um uh and it just it was very hard for me to get into even though i cried the first time i watched it of course and you know Mm -hmm. like obviously went into the journey as a lover of the music you know and a lover of the storyline a lover of the characters because it's the greatest, probably one of the greatest stories ever told, for sure. And it it has that really helping it. But I also thought that Sasha Baron Cohen and like the the tenor years were bad, were were, were miscasted. Um, so it just felt very rushed. Like every scene from scene to scene, it was very hard to really get into the emotions of it. And and yeah, and, and just every piece, especially the directing, more more importantly than anything else, like the shot choices. I thought were extremely awkward and and just just poorly thought out, just all over the place. Like we have a wide, then you have a close up in the middle, and then and then the extreme close up right after that, and then we cut to like a traveling shot, and there's no nuance in the language. So I think it could have been. I don't know how a film like that could have been done well. I think, um, in my opinion, of course, like because I know a lot of people loved it. But for me, the stage show beyond anything else, well, well yeah, it's like yeah. it's the greatest thing ever. So, to add on to that, Adrian, I think like I agree completely with what you're saying. And honestly, the movie after watching it, it makes me more motivated to actually watch the stage show because I've yeah. only listened mm. to the cast recording because it's yeah. like, okay, there are so many pieces in this film where it's so beautiful. Like I would have to say, like Anne Hathaway's performance of "I Dreamed a Dream" is like one of yes. the most heartbreaking and mm-hmm. most powerful mm-hmm. and cathartic performances that I have ever seen in a film period. Agreed. It resembles Agreed. almost Maria Falconetti from Joan of Arc with sort of the way that it's shot. That's and a big, that's a big, yeah. Well, no, no, no. I was saying like, you can see that there's, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, there's an ode to sort of yeah. that style of performance yeah. that I could see yeah. at least, you know, someone who's like brought to this incredibly low space. And that's, that's, that's what I was referring to. I was. No, 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 I agree. Right and 
But the thing is, when like there are those occasional moments where it reaches those really great highs, but then it's brought down by like exactly what you were saying, Adrian. And so I feel as though, yeah, I it's just no, no. I, I think that's a, okay. What you just what what you just said about uh, Falcon, like I didn't think about it, but it's true. It's 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 true that it's you know like it rings yeah, echoes. Of- it really echoes it, and even. You're right. The way it was shot, and I will say that's the one I think really well directed scene mm-hmm. because it's like it's in one take. It's, it's in one take, right? It's, it's, time. It, it really it's live time. audio too. Yeah. yeah, of course. So then there's, but that also the live audio also made it. So it was an an interesting idea and mm-hmm. a really cool concept. Yeah, and um. But and 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 actually, I was you know I was on the set. I was working there uh, mm-hmm. as a PA on the on the on the show on the shoot, right? So like I saw how they did like not for the whole time, but like for like a bit of the time, and like I saw like how they did the live audio and how like that idea was put into place, so on and so forth. It's an interest. It was an interesting idea, but it actually it was problematic with the performances, and actually that's why like later on they didn't really do that again. Uh, in other musical films is because, and you see it like with Eddie Redmayne, I think he does a really, really good job, but there's too much focus on the singing itself. So like, there's a lot of time where like, it actually conflicts with the performance. Uh, I I actually want to point out something with that because it's such a complex thing for you to set up because the mics are so sensitive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Like they need to have the pianist or the musician playing the music in a separate box away from the set and there needs to be like a hidden like mic or like whatever audio thing in earpiece yeah 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 yeah. and they need to hide the microphone inside the actor's clothing and they can't have it too close to water because then it's going to pick up the rain or it's gonna they can't during like some of the scenes where it's raining they need to be really careful because then yeah. it'll catch the then the sound of the rain is going to overpower that and honestly this whole thing also uh, caused issues with sort of the purpose of the music. So for instance, in Jean Valjean's soliloquy, there's a part where he sees like the papers and then he rips them to shreds and he's going, another story must begin. And, mm-hmm. but in the back, you're hearing the music spike up with like, wee, wee, wee. And the thing is in the original stage play, when the music goes up, he rips the paper. When it goes up again, he rips it again. But in the movie, when he's ripping the paper, it's not in sync with the music. And that's obviously because of just the issue that was happening with uh, hearing the mic. So like he's saying, another story must begin, rip, and then the music comes up, rips again, but then he does it too soon. And then the music happens again. And so it also create it like in some cases shatters the purpose behind the music. Mm. So yeah. No, hundred percent. I know and... we're bashing this movie so much. I have points, a lot yeah. to say about this movie because of how yeah. same. Yeah, no, I'm the same. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's like I I again I've seen it like three times, right? Three, four times. And every time I kind of like saw the flaws. The first time I was kind of like also the mix of handheld and steady cam in the middle of a scene. There's just no reasoning for the language to be there. I think that's my biggest point. It's It doesn't look visually pleasing to me. Uh, even in the cinematography, I think sometimes it's overexposed. Sometimes it's not enough. Um, it, it it feels very amateur. Whereas it's like, it, in a way, it's kind of like, okay, it was made in the, with that thought. Pro- I know it wasn't that way, but like it, it's kind of like it was made in that thought process. It's like, 
the music and the lyrics is, are so good, right? Like the the, the storyline is so good already that we're going to count on that 100%. Which is going to count on the magnitude of what the musical is story-wise and musical musically, right? So you know, from a story perspective and from a music perspective. And the rest, we're just going to do a bunch of coverage and we'll figure it out in the editing. And it feels like that. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I have a, a love hate relationship with it. That's why I, I guess like, this I'm is sorry, we're ripping apart from <laughs> no. you so much, Harrison. Oh, God. Sorry about that, Harrison. No. I just needed to point no. out. You know, it's very no, I was going to like stage. rant about the movie as well. I saw the stage play, you know, probably 20, 25 times, you know, it's, it's oh, something wow. that's been very, very important, um, growing up in, in, in general. Right. And, and the music I think is one of the, probably the best music ever put the paper right and mm -hmm, same definitely. thing with Claude and Schorberg they're like oh they're they're such uh it's they're so well at composing music um yeah yeah just whatever um Bubble, Bubble and Schomburg, yeah okay um, um goodness yeah uh but it's but it's uh yeah it's a it's a yeah so all right yeah well I'll add one thing, then we'll move on. We won't spend all day on Les Mis, no, Rob. No, was really cool, though. Hunter, <laughs> um, what do you have to say? Yeah, what do you have to say about Les Mis, Hunter? Hey, so I saw this movie one time. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> it's a good movie. I, uh, a good movie. <laughs> I'm, like, kind of blown away how much you uh, you all know about the film because I I know about this much. I just watched it and was like, this is good, but I've never <laughs> watched it again. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of the points that I made were from um, this uh, analysis video on the film by this creator called Sideways. I would highly recommend you check it out. It's called Why the Music of Les Mis is Worse Than You Think. And it goes mm. like he's much more familiar with sort of the lingo of music and um, music theory. And he's able to really delve into it. So I took a lot of points from him. So just keep that in mind. And he can maybe delve into them probably better than I probably could. So yeah all right citing my sources <laughs> <laughs> well one Don't play quick thing kids. right <laughs> um i really i still really like the opening scene the you know the look mm -hmm. down song with they're moving the ship and all that that really blew me away especially in the theater um mm -hmm. you know seeing that on the big screen was really really cool yeah it was just a lot of cool sets i love the music a lot um and maybe that's what is kind of blinding me, if you will, because I love that music long before the movie anyways. So I don't know if you remember, Hunter, our mom had the Broadway CD and we'd listen to it all the time. So maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah, but, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. fair. But you're also entitled to your own opinion. And right. if you and really opinion is subjective if right. and like at the end of the day, it's just a movie. We're not trying. Yeah. This isn't like <laughs> war and famine. So. No, 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 it is. It is worse than Warren Fanon. So there you exactly. go. Exactly. Uh, Bailey here saying Sideways yes. is amazing. I was going to comment on that video. All right. So we we'll move on. To appreciate my mug. Oh, yeah. Life is hard. <laughs> I like this. I, I approve of this mug. <laughs> so, Adrian, you're going next. Number 10. Yeah, well, uh, have you guys seen uh, David Cronenberg's Dead Ringers? Mm -mm. That was the same movie, but in France. In French, sorry. Um, that's it. That's about it. Uh, no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a movie you'll probably never find unless you really look for it. 
And actually, even if you really look for it, you probably will still never find it. Uh, but if you look really, you know, uh, 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 more, more, um, more efficiently than that, maybe you'll find a link somewhere. Um, it is a um, story of... Um, well, Dead Ringers is about like two brothers, two twins that, you know, that there's this, 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 um, how do I explain this? It's like someone that like clones himself uh, to become, you know, like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a protagonist that, that, that thinks he's better than anything in the world, that everything, that everyone's stupider, uh, everyone is stupider than him. Everyone's weaker than him. Everyone's more inferior than him. And he has this, this idea for this grand, grand uh, equation that will solve, you know, this sort of world peace. Uh, but he can't, you know, he can't trust anyone but himself to do this. So he ends up cloning himself. Mm -hmm. um, and, and because that's the only way he can do it with a brain like his, except that the personality is opposite. And so all the friction that comes from that, from the brotherly, um, uh, the, there's, there's a sort of brotherly um, situation going on, but at the same time, he's just a clone. Um, and there's the jealousy and the, the, the idea of like going outside and meeting people and, and, and being social and then staying inside and focusing on the work that needs to be done and all the conflict that comes with that. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a fascinating uh, sci-fi piece, uh, very independently done uh, on a shoestring budget. Um, and, uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's very, very um, exciting. Uh, also, I wanted to say, oh yeah, yeah, it's it's it stems from the from the from the mythos of Gilgamesh, uh, which first um, Sumerian you know mythology, where like Gilgamesh would have it, a clone of his Endiku who would come to end his reign, and in the making create a a, a newfound brotherhood brothership, uh, which then would be you know destroyed by jealousy and envy and so on and so forth. So yeah. Nice. What's that? Sounds interesting. Yeah, I've never heard of this film. Yeah. All right. Hunter, you're number 10. Tonal shift. Just really quick. <laughs> I wasn't distracted. I just wanted to see if I could find a link to the movie. But I don't want to download some scary things on my computer. So, But I did find it. Okay. So really quick. I have not seen any movies on my list since I've been home. So it's been over two years for all of them. And I feel like if I was watching more movies right now, my list might be a little different and my comments might be a little different. So, but from what I can remember, the reason I chose, or actually let me, my list are movies from the 2010s that I can watch all the time. I feel like that's kind of what made it my, that's why they're my top tens just because I, can watch them all the time red for example is a movie that i find genuinely funny and coming from the 2010s it's been hard for me to find movies that i find funny i mean that have been released within the last 20 years <laughs> so i feel like this one should get some applause for making me hunter laugh um because it's dang funny and it i is. love it it's as long like, as it makes Hunter laugh, I think it's look a point for. I uh, we were 
I'll give an example. We were playing a board game yesterday with the family for Christmas, and it's supposed to be funny. You make little funny joke comic strip things, and I didn't laugh the entire game, and I feel bad, but it just wasn't oh, funny. Oh, I didn't either. Okay. It just was not funny, but everybody else was like, oh, my goodness, this is so funny. I was like, okay, I'm ready to leave. And I feel like that's me with like every comedy ever that's come out recently. But Red, Red is a different story. Red makes... Red makes the world go round, okay? Anyways, <laughs> those are my thoughts on Red. Amazing. Yes. I love the that John Malkovich wants to keep killing, uh, or he wants to kill, oh, what's his name? Richard Dreyfuss's character. He's like, can I kill him now? <laughs> he just keeps asking over and over again. <laughs> yes. Never Maybe. seen this. You've oh, never you seen it. You should it. watch it, okay? It. I'm pretty sure it's a comic adaptation as well. It is, yeah, from, I believe, one of DC's, like subsidiary comic series things. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's got John Malkovich. So what more do you need? I don't know. What more do you need? Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis, John Malkovich, Morgan John, Freeman. But, but, yeah. What more do you need? Nothing. And just Hunter's smile. That's all. And that's, that's, that's look, it. Look, if we want to, if we want to laugh together, we're watching this movie. So okay. that's, that's my take. Have you seen the second one, Hunter? I haven't. Yes. I think that one's funny too. Okay. It's got some great. Just, just look up like grenade scene on YouTube. Oh, look I've up seen red that. grenade scene, and then tell me it's not funny, okay? Anyways, okay, All I'll right. look it up. <laughs> All right, Joe, you're number ten. Okay, so of the Muppet films that I have seen, um, this one is kind of hands down the best in my opinion. I haven't seen the original one from the 70s, which is apparently sort of heralded as the best, usually. Um, probably mostly that, followed yeah. by this one. But I just rewatched this recently, and it's just, it's, it never fails to bring such a smile on my face. And it's so fun. And it also was really like the first, like, um, time that like audiences and fans of the Muppets got to like experience something mainstream with the Muppets that resembled their glory days in a very, very long time. Uh, and yeah, I, 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 I fucking love this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it's probably the last time Disney did something really good with the Muppets. Cause everything mm-hmm. after that, I don't think really lives up to it. This one to me lives up a lot to the original one because in that one, you know, it's an ensemble. They're all getting back to get, or they're getting together for the first time. So this one feels a lot like that one. No, I've never seen it. I don't think so. I just want to add, if you're ever having a bad day and you, you turn on life's a happy song from this film, it really can cure sadness and Mm -hmm. any kind of off day. So I love this movie for that reason. Yeah. And this also was the first um, Muppet film to ever like actually win an Oscar for one of their songs, which was for Man or Muppet, which is... Oh, yes. That's a beautiful song. Mm. (laughs) So good. Yes. I love how Jim Parsons makes a cameo in that scene. That was amazing. He totally fits... uh, Is it Walter? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, totally fits that personality perfectly. 
All right. So we'll move on to my number nine. It's a strange film called Doctor Strange. Um, this is one of my favorite Marvel movies. And the reason being, I love Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he's perfect as Stephen Strange. Because to me, he's kind of, he's similar to Tony Stark, but I think he's a lot more arrogant and he holds on to that arrogance. He doesn't really uh, change from that, really, if that makes sense. You know, like Tony, he's kind of humbled because of his weapons causing all the destruction and whatnot. With Steven, though, it just seems like they add to his ego a little bit, right? Like he lost his hands, couldn't really use them anymore. Now he has all these abilities and and uh, could take on, you know, these different uh, demons or whatever they are. But anyways, yeah, I, I love this movie a lot. Um, love the visual effects. And on a side note, I was very disappointed with the sequel because it reminded me so much how much I love this one. And the second one just does not live up to it. But yeah, uh, Agreed. if you haven't seen it, check it out. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. yeah. In my opinion, um, I actually think that this is like one of, I don't know, sort of like C tier Marvel movies. I haven't seen it in mm -hmm. a long time, but I feel like as the movies progressed, they were able to use um, the character um, more like in a way that was more um, like engaging you know in my opinion i feel like i really got into the character with um infinity war that's mm. just my opinion uh, yeah no he was great in that i agree with that he, he was really good in that i really loved dr strange when i came out i was like fucking awesome this is it was really good and hunter agrees because i was with hunter when i saw it <laughs> yeah that's right major and i go way back yeah, way back to Doctor Strange. Way right back to Doctor Strange. And the yeah. set of Lemis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. You know, on a side note, I know there's a 1970s TV movie of Doctor Strange. I really, really want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Just from the pictures, it looks amazing. <laughs> I gotta check it out. All right. Adrian, you're number nine. Speaking of oh, yeah. We're still, we're staying in Marvel. Mm. I know that's for Hunter, but still. Um, Endgame. Okay, so obviously, like, when we get to the 2010s, we have to take into account the entire culture of the 2010s, which Marvel is is undeniably part of it. 100%. Um, Endgame is the greatest conclusion to ever franchise, pretty much, ever put to screen. Now, of course, that's not. I'm not counting the trilogies, right? I'm not counting, uh, um, uh, obviously, Return of the King and and Return of the Jedi, so on and so forth. But as a 25 part movie of a of a of a of a franchise to to conclude it so well with such emotion, giving you the experience of a lifetime, like in the theater. This is when like the movie and the experience go hand in hand, right? Mm -hmm. I, I will judge both uh because they both matter in that sense like that theater experience was the second best i've ever had first mm -hmm. being star wars force awakens but this was this was the this was incredible like being able to like to cry to laugh to have this it's it all came from like 
it's also super long too, right? It's like three hours, three hours and a half. And I, re I remember coming with l the lowest expectations ever because I wasn't even that big of a fan of Infinity War, even though I liked it, but I wasn't that big of a fan. So when I came in, I was like, okay, well, what's, you know, what is it going to be? And then it started out as a almost like film about nothing. Like it started out with just a, the aftermath of what had happened. And it made me think of this like independent, you know, independent cinema of just like people like, dealing with the aftermath of a war of, or something and that's what it was for 30 minutes we see tony stark with his daughter we see uh uh scarlett johansson at the at the um at the 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 the, the meeting you know the 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 non not alcohol anonymous meeting but like i don't remember what it's called but anyway and it's just it's just people you know living the consequences of that for 30, 40 minutes. And it's just, you have that. And then the movie changes and it gets into the most exhilarating thing ever. We go back in time. We relive the moments of the saga and the franchise from the beginning. It perfectly captures all of the emotions that you've gone in the past 15 years, concludes it in the best way possible, in the most emotional way possible. And to be honest, you could have never seen you could have never caught me crying at a Marvel movie before Endgame. It was impossible. There's no way I could have teared at a Marvel movie. And at Endgame, I was a, a mop. Uh, so, so, so there was, um, so yeah, like the the emotional, the emotional experience that this gave me and millions of others is absolutely undeniable, and I think it deserves its place in the top ten, uh, 2010 films of all time. Yeah. And I agree with you a lot how it was a great conclusion. I mean, you could kind of see now they're trying, yeah. they're struggling to keep up with this conclusion, you know? It's, it's bit because right? now it's a cash grab, right? And it wasn't like it wasn't a cash grab before, uh -huh. but at least there was an actual plan 15 years ago to get there, right? right exactly. Came out exactly. And when Kevin Feige came with the vision and talked with Bob Iger and Disney about the plan of what was going to happen, happen with Marvel, which they executed to perfection, right? Even if there was some bad movies in the mix, of course, there's going to be, but the vision was clear and it was a 15 year vision and they, they hit it out of the park. Like no one has ever done. Yeah. They proved to do something that, that no one has been able to do. Infinity War and Endgame being like, you know, two part of the same pod and two part of that conclusion. And so everything after that feels uh, feels un unauthentic, inauthentic, right? And and unorganic, except for Spider-Man, which was also brilliant. But yeah. the, 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 yeah, the obviously, but that, that was also differently made. It was like just a one-off. Everything else, you know, was, was this. But yeah, I would say Endgame was brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. In the style of Marvel, but brilliant. Mm. Yeah. And I know Hunter agrees. <laughs> he thinks it's a good movie. <laughs> I actually um, prefer Infinity War to Endgame. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Like a lot of people. Like most yeah, people, a lot of people say that. Yeah. Most people, actually. I find that Endgame, like... I just thought it was, I just thought Endgame was, but people were like, oh, it's too long. Like the beginning is like the structure of Endgame. They didn't like, I loved it. I loved that for the first hour, nothing happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're just talking yeah. and, and just, just hanging out like a European film. Yeah. It's brilliant. Like uh, with Endgame, I think, um, yeah. I, the more that Marvel tries to drag out 
its stories, the more I'm convinced they should have just ended it here. Because even though I'm not the biggest fan of Endgame, I acknowledge that like it really does end people's storylines like perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like like Tony Stark's. Um, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, uh, Captain actual, America. But actual name of person. Uh, Steve Rogers. Rogers. Steve Rogers. Oh, just yeah, yeah, That yeah. beautiful yep. final shot where they're just dancing. and it's... That's my favorite moment. Yeah, and okay, so so that's another really good example of like, that's the lessons that it teaches for any film. It's really set up payoffs, set up payoffs, set up payoffs, right? Mm-hmm. That payoff of that dancing, right, like comes from like 15 years ago. Yeah. The whole like, the whole like, the 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 the, the, the Thor's hammer, right? Coming into yes. Steve Rogers' oh hands, right? Yeah. But like, why is it so? Like, why were we like? I, I remember out. I was like, everybody got up their seats. Yeah, they were freaking falling, out, like yeah. prof- profusely tearing up. Like, why? Like, and I think the the and the reason why is because it's so well set up. It's mm-hmm. so well put. It, it was put in at very at different moments that this was going to. Ha- it doesn't come out of nowhere. I th- I think if it would have come up come out of nowhere it wouldn't have worked um i think they would have been a little wow but like we wouldn't have cared that much it's the fact that the foreshadowing was there and yet we did not expect it in the moment like we did not we really thought it was going to go to the thor and it subverted our, our expectations perfectly and what was also even more significant at the time was game of thrones was and en- was ending and game of thrones was the greatest show of all time uh, from season one to season four and even five and six were fantastic. Uh, but, you know, like a, a show perfectly crafted that was perfectly set up with with all the little ingredients and mysteries that were put there that was completely trashed at the end. Right. Seven and eight just completely fell on its face and everything that was set up was just put put on the side for more uh, subverting expectations uh, that didn't make sense and that that wasn't a, a, a right payoff so when Arya you know kills the Night King at the end it just ma- didn't make any sense it was like wait but why it's never been set up right so that happened at the same time I remember like the finale of Game of Thrones which was the biggest disappointment in human history and then and then and then and then Endgame which was the most satisfying conclusion uh, uh, in maybe cinematic his- history, so you you had both at the same time, and I remember uh, thinking, "Oh shit, yeah, set up and payoffs. They're very mm-hmm. important, and it's very important to to keep to it once you've decided, once you've once you've set it up." Definitely. Mm. All right, we got Evans' top ten list here. Number ten, Cabin in the Woods, masterpiece. Nice. Number nine, Paddington 2. Masterpiece. Yes. <laughs> Number eight, The Raid Redemption. Number oh, seven, nice. Nebraska. Oh, Number Nebraska. six, You're Never that. Really Here. Number five, Her. Masterpiece. Calvary. Number three, Parasite. Masterpiece. Two, Florida Project. Number one, Tree of Life. Yeah, Masterpiece. And funny, um, uh, Nebraska forgot about that movie. That was, uh, have you seen that, Harrison? No. Uh, I've heard of it. A- black and white Alexander Payne directed film with Bob Odenkirk, but like the most unusual film you'd ever think that Hollywood would make. It's, it's obviously independently made, but it's still Alexander Payne and it was at the Oscars, you know, and it was just such a small film, but like really good. And, 
like I still remember it. Like I still remember moments from it. And it was such an independent film. Um, and it was it, it just, I don't know, just I had forgotten it until you just put it. It was, yeah, just really interesting. Nice. All right. Hunter, you're number nine. Of course. Okay. I like this movie a lot. <laughs> um, yes. No way. You do? Uh -huh. You like <laughs> it? It's a good movie, guys. Yeah, I put it on my... Actually, I would put this movie on my, my top 10 list of movies from the 2010s. Um, but just what? like... Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I have nothing important to say about this movie. Just that I love Def Punk. And I think it's yes. super there in this movie. And they did an incredible job with the music. And so good. You can still listen to it like right now. And it's so good. It hits just right. Um, also, visually, this movie is spectacular, in my opinion. I love the vehicles and the action and the excitement. I think there's some weird... I will admit, so there's some like drawbacks about Tron Legacy. Uh, is it kind of just does everything a movie's supposed to do to like grab the attention of a a male audience wanting their favorite like media recreated twenty years later? Mm. So in that sense, it's a little bit generic in in the idea that like they kind of just do everything that the movie should do. Um, but I don't care. I like it. It's good. It worked on me. So there you go. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. I'll say my thoughts because it's also on my list. So, yeah, it's a good movie. Haven't seen it, so I can't make an opinion. Anyways. Wait. Sorry. Oh, just, just really quick. I'm so sorry. But if we're talking about, like, technological advancements as well, um, like, with the first Tron movie coming out and them deciding to do, I guess they had plans to, to do everything white instead of black with lights, but there wasn't enough artificial light in Hollywood or whatever to, to generate that effect. So they went the other way around and then they had like 3d animation and stuff was crazy. So Anyways, cool. like this is, this is like where we start to see this like old recreation of people's faces with 3d animation in Tron legacy. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's a turning point in like, in my opinion of, of like where computer generated images went not not just in your opinion it's a fact okay <laughs> so just to point out that tron did did do another tron thing which was 100 kind of push technology moving from I, one tonal shift to another it's a masterpiece right there wait what are you pointing at what hunter's the post, picture? no the poster that's on the screen right now okay yes okay ernest and celestine in my opinion this is the most wholesome and adorable film that i have ever seen like i'm surprised you even know but did he come to the did he come to america uh there well yes <laughs> um oh. i mean i assume it did i mean how else would i have watched yeah right watch it, you know interesting um so i remember seeing this when i was really getting into like um, independent animation and this one always really stuck with me and it still sticks with me it's 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 just such a cozy movie and it's also really nice to watch in the winter because it, it just 
Um, it has that sort of vibe to it. And um, uh, the relationship between the two characters is really wholesome. It, I think it also is aiming to be somewhat of a parody of uh, buddy heist films like Bonnie and Clyde, except a little bit more wholesome uh, in this case. Um, and really is showing uh, that uh, just this really wholesome story of friendship and the art style as well is so beautiful. It uses um, watercolor techniques in, um, like I know that it was uh, digitally animated and hand-drawn animated, but they gave the effect of it um, to look like watercolors in ode to the original children books that this is based off of. And I think this is a very underrated film and a great one. And you should definitely check it out because you will not regret it because it's so, it, it just brings such a smile to your face. And it's, yeah, I, I love it. Agreed. And uh, the word is aquarelle. Aquarelle was what they used for oh. the for the for the demos but yeah no it's it's what what they said all right we got evan here saying nebraska is so weirdly authentic feels like you could have lived it you've seen so many similar interactions yeah. super underrated yeah that's true and, I, and i've never lived in nebraska or any place like that and yet it does feel like that it's very yeah yeah all right so we'll move on to my number eight. Oh, yeah. A little film called True Grit. It's a remake of a 60s Western. Um, I really love this movie because I just love the, the storyline overall, you know, with um, the girl. She wants revenge on the death of her father. She has Rooster Cogburn, played by uh, Jeff Bridges, who's amazing in this movie, um, and Matt Damon. They're helping her out moving along, trying to get the murderer who's Josh Brolin there. And uh, yeah, I, I love this movie. I love Westerns in general. This is one of one of my favorite ones. And uh, I love the Coen brothers. I think they're, they're great, you know, duo brothers and whatnot. And um, they really captured the, the Western aesthetic. Cause if you watch the original one, some of the characters look like they're just people in the sixties wearing, like a leather jacket, like it does not look like authentic Western. If that makes sense. Mm. But this one feels really authentic. Like the, even the lighting and the costumes and the setting, it all feels very, very authentic. Like in, have you seen this movie before I, I keep yes. going on? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is where th they do like a shootout at this log cabin so like Rooster and the girl, they're on top and at, at the bottom, he's like sniping all these guys. Mm -hmm. um, when they go into the cabin, it's like super dark, right? Because it's just the, the fireplace lighting it. So I just really like that little touch to it. My favorite it scene is the, the, is the end is the, the horse running out of steam uh, mm. and, and has to be like go at the end. The, the visual there was very an interesting choice. Didn't think they'd go there, but yeah. Yeah. All right. What about you, Hunter? Wait, Jesus. where did they go? I don't remember. With the horse running out of steam. Yeah, at the end. Remember when when it when it dies? Mm -hmm. I just don't yeah. remember what it looks like, but it's a very bluish, uh, 
purple almost. It, it was a very interesting lighting. I I just remember it being. I, I like the movie. I, I I'm not a big big fan, but I liked it. Um and and I just remember it was different than just normal night. So mm. that like kind of struck me. Yeah. Like I remember, you know, one of those things that you'll remember, you know. Mm -hmm. For sure. It's definitely a movie I paused a few times when I watch it just to like stare, just because there's one specific shot where they're coming up into the snowy woods and there's just like all these tall black like oak trees that don't have any leaves anymore because it's cold. And uh, there's a body hanging. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't know guy. why. But it's like really, it's like a really f far away shot. Like they're still coming in. They're introducing this like new set, this new area. And like it always just gets my brain like all excited to draw. So then I paused it and start drawing and then forget I'm watching a movie and then go back to watching a movie later. Hell yeah. <laughs> I like the bear guy in that scene too. I don't remember. He's like a dentist. So he wants to collect the teeth from the dead guy. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. No, that's Little Shop of Horrors, Harrison. Sure. <laughs> you, you're you're sure about that? Mixing up <laughs> movies and genre. You're getting right. confused, Harrison. <laughs> no, I swear, there's a bear guy. Anyways, how about you, Joe? Have you seen this movie? I haven't, and I haven't seen the original one either. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I have a lot of interest in the original as well as this one, so I do intend to watch both at some point. Nice. Well, they're great watches, uh, especially if you're not super into Westerns. They're kind of good introductions to it. Yeah. All right. Go to Adrian's number eight. Adrian. That's my turn. Has anyone seen it? I haven't. No. Uh -uh. I've only heard oh. vague stuff about it. So, you know, back to the Malik stuff, I feel like every single Malik has been in my list. So it's kind of the, pretty much, know, it seems. <laughs> yeah, you know, like That's uh, me with Miyazaki. So it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, the, again, it's just probably the, the greatest, most impactful, most insightful uh, visual poem of the 21st century. Uh, no one makes films like Malik. Remember, we. We talked about just the evolution of Malik's career when it started very grounded, right? It started very like narrative, narratively driven with Badlands. And then it moved on to Days of Heaven. And we started to have this poetic nature to the to the visuals uh, while still uh, holding ground on a on a on a on a narrative storyline. And then we move on to the new world and and we wait the new world first. No, 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 no. Th the Thin Red Line. Uh, which same like, yeah, we have it, it, the 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 narrative line is becoming thinner and thinner as as we move on, um, as as we grow into his films. So we have the thin red line, which is thinner, and then you have the new world, which is the same, and and it grows towards it. It all evolves to get to the tree of life, which is an all around just purely visual poem with a bit of storyline scattered through it, but that just shows you the entire life, like literally the life of the planet, the life of the world, the life of humans and animals and planets and 
all within one big visual spectacle. Um, and, and so it's, it's probably one of the greatest piece ever created. It's not for everyone. It's very, it's long, but the music in there is some of the best music ever composed. The, the frames like some of the frames, like a lot of white shots is probably the greatest white shots I've ever seen. Um, and Brad Pitt's in there and he does the, with Jessica Chastain, they have the storyline bit, but everything else is, is just purely poetic and 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 just a uh just a an amalgamation of the world and our life and our and our place in this world um so it's a it's a synthesis a little bit it's like an essay right of of um of uh yeah of of all that one second yeah um and and it's his and it's his basically is his answer to everything that he's explored um yeah in this life and the world and everything that that, that uh, surrounds us so amazing nice how's that yeah i you know ever since you talked about terrence malick and all that i've added pretty much all of his movies on my uh, watch list now so yeah. And, and I think that after, and I think that after that, ugh, it becomes way too poetic, right? Like mm. this was at least like this was for me the 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 top top like everything that he needed to say he said it in this, right? He basically gave us, you know, a, a sort of the sort of meaning of life without giving it to us. But there's like this like this is the meaning of life, and it looks like this, and this is the tree of life. And then everything after that, I thought was subpar, um, mm. subpar visually, subpar poetically, uh, pretty much no storylines, except the, the last one, which the hidden truth, I think, or the hidden life, the hidden life, which apparently is we're back to storyline with with poetry. Um, and apparently that one's great, but I haven't seen it. Um, so, yeah, he's. Um, the tree of life for me is like the the accumulation of all of his work, everything he needed to say, and and that and it concludes that first part of his career basically. I would see it chronologically, if, you know, if, if 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 everyone's new to his work, I would see mm -hmm. Badlands first, then Days of Heaven, then Thid Red Light, then The New World, and then, um, mm -hmm. and then uh, Tree of Life. I would actually do, I would actually do Badlands, Days of Heaven, The New World. Thin red line, and then this. I think that's a better, yeah. That's a really, really because you you slowly go down the slide the spiral. Yeah, of like, it slowly gets you into like full poetry, just like Fellini does the same thing with his career, like very grounded and then very surreal. And to get the surrealism, to get the like full surrealism, it takes its time, and it you know, and it mixes genres together, and you're getting there slowly but surely. And he reels you in film by film. Um, so, so I think Fellini and Malik are two of the filmmakers I would suggest anyone to, to start from the first film, you know, and then go chronologically. Nice. All right. We'll move on to Hunter's number eight. Hell yeah. <laughs> Poetic masterpiece. Wreck it, Ralph. It is. Look. It absolutely is. My, my opinion on Wreck it, Ralph is it's the greatest video game movie on the planet. 
Agreed. I've seen a lot, and I've been What's disappointed by a lot. Right, it's not hard. The bar but, is not uh, high. What other? What's in? What is it in competition with? <laughs> Maybe What's the, the Sonic movies. I haven't seen the Sonic movies yet. The two. I haven't either, but that's the only one I could really think of. But like, no, I'm like video game movies in general. I had high hopes for Assassin's Creed because I was a dumb little kid, and I was like, Assassin's Creed's gonna be great. Dumb little kid, as in a teenager who was dumb. But anyways, yeah. uh, Mortal. I've watched the new Mortal Kombat recently. Kind of let me down, but anyways, that's okay. I can't really think of any other video game movies at this moment. Oh. Oh, oh, um, actually, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I watched Pixels recently as well, oh. and there's like, there's like Pixels. This, there's this. It sucks, bro. Anyway, there's this weird <laughs> conflict where it's like we're gonna make a video game movie, but just bully people who play video games, or we're gonna play a video game movie that is just like a good movie that is our video games. And so that's what Wreck-It Ralph is. Okay. Well, wait, 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 wait. There's a show, not a film, but a show that's apparently really good. I haven't seen it. The Witcher TV show. <sighs> oh, I haven't seen it. That's Which true. Which apparently is, is is really good. Like, not just, just a little good, really good. Because that's the thing with video games movies. I think they, they don't know why they're making it, right? Besides the money, right? It's kind of like, okay, I have the IP, and we know the IP is popular, so let's just make a movie. There's no real reason. Right. There's no reason why to do it. And so I think it ends up showing in the end product because it's it's and that's the same thing with like Disney live action remakes of their animated films. It's the same thing. It's like, why are you doing this? Like, what's the reasoning? And the reasoning usually is more money. And so when that's the reasoning, then it's going to show on your product. Money is going to show on your product. Right. Like we want your money. Right. That's 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 what shows. Um I think when you really care about the product that you're telling, the story that you're telling, right? Um, even if it is a product, like The Witcher apparently was done with immense care and, and is incredibly authentic to the, to, the, to the source and also has its own voice. And, and so I think that's why it worked. Um, at the end of the day, I think you just got to be honest. Maybe. Not all the time, though. Have to lie most of the time, but like be on it, be honest sometimes, you know. Yeah. Well, going with the heart of the movie, he Ralph learned to be his true self, to be honest. That's right. That's true. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I remember the record of the, the line uh, doodle, duty, duty, duty. Yeah, we gotta go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a funny one. Yeah. Every time I say duty, I, I, I keep thinking about it too. Duty. Yeah, normally I don't like Sarah Silverman, but I actually like her character in this movie. Bailey has a good point uh, about the video game was based on a book, which is oh. also true. So again, like, right, different reasons why, but I think they were all cared for. Whatever source material, what it was based on was cared for. It's kind of like Les Mis, right, based on a book. Right, mm -hmm. like yep. the, the yep. musical cared for film for you, Harrison. Yes, for me, less. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, it's always the reason why you do things, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have a reason why? You know, Hunter. You can ask. You know, Hunter has a reason why he does anything. It's always the same answer. For pleasure. <laughs> money, pleasure, pleasure for pleasure. Yeah. For money, what? 
Yep. What do you think of the second one, Hunter? Oh. We don't talk about it. Look, Wreck It Ralph is a good. wonderful, beautiful movie. Ralph breaks the internet is just like making money. It's just like Disney. We Disney products. Look at Ralph interacting with all of our crap, and then it sucks. Yep. Yeah, they kind of lost the purpose that Adrian was talking about, huh? In yeah, well, one. yeah, I think, you know, again, when money when money is the sole purpose of you doing something, it's going to end up showing. Um, it was the root of all evil. <laughs> that's right. I don't know about all, but some. Mm. <laughs> um, no, and, and again, money's fine. It's just like, it's just the love it's, of money is going to show, right? Like, it's just going to show on your on the screen, right? Mm. It's it's money's fine when, when it comes to this. When it comes to stories, eh, a little less. <laughs> All right. We'll move on to Joe's number eight. So I was just talking about Miyazaki, and this is such a beautiful film, even though I have absolutely no interest in airplanes or um, I'm uh, aeronautics. I think I'm saying it right. Um but it's just a beautiful story that illustrates the confliction that happens when you have this passion of yours that you have to follow, but you also have these strong connections to others and sort of being able to figure out um, what really matters to you, you know? And... Uh, Apparently, this is the only film that uh, Miyazaki said that, like, uh, only film of Miyazaki's that he said that he cried when uh, it was showing. And, uh, yeah, I definitely feel like um, this was originally sort of seen as his swan song before he retired until he backed out of retirement again four years later. But that's besides the point. Uh, <laughs> but um, if this were his last film, this would be a great last film, in my opinion. Um, I think, um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's tragic. Um, the ending gets me choked up, like, almost every time that I watch it. And it should have won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature over Frozen. And I will defend that 24 7, 365. Of course. This is not even a question. I'd like to add that this was nominated the same year that, like, Ernest and Celestine was also nominated for Animated Feature. And both of them would have been much better films than Frozen winning Best Animated Feature. But if I were to pick between the two, Wind Rises feels like it's much more... uh, like more deserving of it, you know. I think it's time to admit that Frozen was a bad movie. I no, think, it is a bad I will, movie. I think it's I time will, to admit okay. it. Okay, I will say that. Okay, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think somehow the marketing was and was able to make people or like. I don't know what it was. I think it's a bad movie. No, so, yeah. I, I just think that. 
the hype surrounding it. And somehow the advertisement was able, the advertising was able to convince people to watch it over and over again in theaters. And it became the highest grossing animated film that it somehow convinced us that it was this amazing movie, even though like a few months even later, though it was a bad even, though movie. Later, even though later on people realized it maybe isn't as like, I just think that the movie is all right. You know, I feel like really the only elements that are yeah, phenomenal fair. is um, were, is really like with the music and animation but even mm. at that i feel like the music has been played out so much that it's hard for people to like enjoy listening to it yeah that's fair i i think yeah. that but I, when i watched it i was like ugh, like what like, like was people like were like people were legitimately saying that frozen is the lion king of this generation no yeah. it's not frozen isn't even in the same league as lion king no but moana is a thousand times better like i'd agree that moana is a better movie than frozen totally. way better and better music and better songs and better all that yeah okay but it's that money thing again they sold all those toys well, 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 well here, here's stuff. the thing with frozen i well, actually that, think I actually think it was done with care. I actually think the yeah. person, I actually think that whoever came up with the story was was into it. I just don't think that the the execution was as nowhere near as good as people said it was. And even the twist at the end with the bad with the boyfriend oh, yeah. being bad, like yeah, just so many so many things. Like like I don't think Olaf was a great uh, side character. No, I I actually I don't think it was like, I think it was a big risk. I mean, this was at a time when when Disney was not doing too well, and they were they were struggling actually with finding, and they were they were doing original content. Um, Frozen is an original content. I mean, they they were doing that with with Pixar's help. Um, John Lasseter and Catmull would would go to their you know to the writers' rooms every time they would do a, a new movie, and they would they would bring in the the Pixar brain trust, and it took a while for them to get back on track. I mean, The Princess and the Frog came out. Wreck and Ralph mm -hmm. came out, which was obviously really good, um, you know, and, and and did some money, and that was good. Bolt, which was okay, it was getting there with with Hannah Montana, uh, Miley Cyrus, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it was getting there, like they were getting to get better. They were they were getting better and better. Oh, uh, Zootopia was the big one. Mm -hmm. Zootopia was well, the honestly, big one. like people were sort of seeing that, like with. When Disney was releasing stuff like Princess and the Frog, Tangled, they were starting to get back to their roots Tangled. with like making good quality films that most people really loved. And I feel like with Frozen, that was the first really big, huge yeah. hit. Yeah. Yeah. And followed by Zootopia. Zootopia, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, Which Zootopia I find a thousand times better. Yeah, it still amazes me that like. Frozen got that popular when there are such better movies released in that same decade. Like you said earlier, Zootopia, Tangled, like Tangled is better. Like yeah. I like 100%. I even liked I even liked and that was at a time when when Pixar was starting to have their flops or mm -hmm. at least like their yeah, cars you know, too. They're like <laughs> no, even 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 cars. No, I think yeah, well it started with Cars 2, that's true. It started with Cars 2, but then Brave came out and that was yeah. really good. And then you know the good dinosaur, which I liked, but some, but I know that that everybody hated it. I liked it. I but haven't been able to get through it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, it's everyone like that. I, I liked it when I saw it. It was on my birthday. I don't know. Maybe it, I know it's not as good as I think it is. But but I but I but I, but I liked it. And but but it was it was but the good dinosaur was losing lost money, right? So it mm -hmm. was that was the first Pixar flop. 
Correct. Ever. So 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 as Pixar was 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 losing some steam, Disney was picking it back up. So I think when Frozen came, it came at the right time. People needed this, and and they needed a princess to look up to, and and Elsa was that, and and I think that was the um, uh, it, 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 but again, it was a it was very original and. And I don't think it was done just for the money. And again, I, nothing was a sure thing. And it's certainly not that. But they were going back to their roots. They were doing a musical, which they had stopped doing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wreck-It Ralph was not a musical. Uh, uh, the Princess and the Frog, I don't think, was a musical. Um, Princess and the Frog was a musical. It was? Yeah. Was it? Okay. So it was yeah. a musical. But, like, they were going back and forth. And then Frozen mm-hmm. comes in and then, you know, hits it out of the park. And then Zootopia, not a musical, fucking brilliant. I think it did a billion or almost a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, it grossed. So like that was that was that was pretty, you know, gnarly. And then Moana was also a huge success, almost a billion. So, you know, that's the rise back. You know, Disney Disney rising back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting how that, you know, how like Lion King, you know, like. Tarzan, Mulan, you know, Beauty and the Beast, all that, just on top of their game, then losing completely with dinosaur and uh and and the chicken run no not chicken run uh chicken little chicken little yeah yeah it ebbs and flows if you look at the history of disney yeah just up and down yeah we're getting a bit of a sense that now disney's going to like another maybe slump so that's interesting because what was the last so hunter was saying that no, did he was did Hunter say anything about? No, maybe not. Um, about the last Disney. Oh no, yeah, because he was talking about Wreck It Ralph. So Wreck It Ralph two was like the last thing that came out. No, that wasn't the last thing. I think uh, Frozen Disney two movie? was the last big Disney movie. Was that the last the last movie? The last since like, when? Really big Disney movie. Disney movie. I'm not Pixar. Who did Encanto? Oh, yeah, that's different. right. That's Encanto, which I thought oh, was okay. Terrible. Yeah, so, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like Encanto it's, either. It's okay. So, so, so Encanto. I watched that's it in Spanish. Good. But again, Encanto, I thought was terrible, but it did really great, right? Like it was viral well, on TikTok. From, from what I heard, it didn't do the best when it was in theaters, but it really right. did well when it like Correct. went on Disney Plus. That's Correct. when it really Correct. gained that's an audience. Correct, yeah. and and viral. The virality on TikTok really, yeah. really hit it out of the park, um, which is very crazy for a movie that's missing a third act um uh, and a villain. Uh, 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 uh um but uh, anyway and anyway. we also can't deny that the pandemic has definitely had an effect on movie studios and films and that 100%. likely is a reason as to why disney is kind of in a bit of a rut right now so mm, yeah like we cannot deny that like yeah, like, like from someone who two, works in a movie theater like there's hardly as many people going to theaters now than when they were going like before the pandemic. Like, yeah, I can attest to that. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Who is? Anyways, anything else Anyways, about the Wind, Wind Rises? <laughs> Anyone have anything to say about it? I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't finished it yet, but when I started watching it, I know it's bad, but anyways, when I started watching it, I like, ran downstairs to Harrison because they were visiting and I was like bro look at how pretty this movie is and we were just like staring at the, the train like in the very beginning they like get off a train and there's like the whole city's like smoking and whatever and people are running around and it's just like whoa very pretty also just to add something really quick uh 
I feel like Elsa as like this princess is not going to go away anytime soon. No. Because like just in my experiences in Mexico, it's like every street corner, one, every Halloween, how many little, little Elsas do you see walking around on Halloween? But also like every street corner had these like little Elsa toys that just said, let it go on repeat when you click the button. Cause it was just like, that's all they programmed. They just it. let it go at some point. It, it let it go. No, but, let go. but like, Oh my goodness, like the amount of merchandise, like whether it was like homemade fake merchandise or still like current. Like well, that's the thing. Frozen is such a success like, with merchandise that it's separate from Disney. Like the thing is, Anna and Elsa, they're not even considered the canonical Disney princesses because of how successful the Frozen films are. Mm. So well, they're their own property or whatever. Nothing is as good as frozen on ice. So, okay. <laughs> okay, let's move on. We ended up talking about frozen a lot more. Yeah, we're going to be here for the next three hours. I wanted to bring a light to that. the wind rises more. Go see it. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Moving on. All right. So we'll move on to my number seven, Tron Legacy. Yeah. Same with Hunter. I love the Daft Punk music. Love the visual effects. Um, I was a fan of the first one too. You know, I, let's see, I was like 10 or 11. No, I was 12 when this movie came out. So I was like the perfect demographic for it. You know, awesome visual effects, the characters, the music, all of that. Um, I really, really liked Olivia it. Olivia Wilde. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> when you're 12 years old, right? Yeah. It was the perfect, perfect movie for me when I was a kid. Um, like I said, I love the original one as well. Really loved the, uh, you know, just the visual effects and that, but the storyline too, you know, I love the, the users and the uh, programs, you know, fighting each other and all of that. I don't know. It's just really cool storyline. I wish we could get a sequel. I doubt we ever will. I, I don't know if this was really that successful um, just overall. So, but I really hope they do something with it. Cause I think it has a lot of potential versus a lot of other, uh, sci-fi properties disney has I, I think this one deserves more attention i don't know but yeah love tron legacy love music yeah it's great beautiful all right so we'll move on to adrian's number seven hell yeah that's joe's favorite i'm waiting for it to come back for them to come back Never heard of this on, one. I'm multitasking right now. I'm I'm trying to eat dinner as well. So yeah, but <laughs> this is your movie. French Belgian coming of age horror drama film. Hey, what's the difference between movie and film? What the? Some people are like, this okay. is a movie. Other people are like, well, yeah, this is a films, film. is, films is serious. Films, film is a film. Ah, film. Ah, very. Good. Wait, 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 Joe, have you seen this or no? Uh, no, I have not. I've seen the poster for it. Um, oh, okay. It's, it's pretty. <laughs> okay, so this is the craziest uh, film you'll see in. Well, it's made, you know, by 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 Belgian, French, so it's obviously crazier than anything that will come out here. But this is about cannibalism. It's a coming of age. Oh. Um, it's a coming of age story within cannibalism. Uh, <laughs> in like uh, sort of like bones and all. Yeah, exactly. Bones and All was inspired by that, but that was the first one to do it. And the mm -hmm. film, the film director is a woman called uh, Julia Ducourneau, who is my favorite female director 
or one of my do you have you guys seen titan titan it's a mm -hmm. new movie that came out i've like, heard of one, it i've heard of it on the palm same same director it's that was her first film so that's a first film raw and it's a masterpiece it's a perfect film it's it hates all the notes that you did you did well, yeah, but but it's 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 weird and odd and it's unexpected and yet follows such a perfect structure that anyone it's very accessible even with the subject that it deals with, um, and uh, she's a she's a genius and she will push the boundaries and push the envelope of cinema, and, and raw is is unlike anything you've ever seen so. Yeah, think coming of age story and cannibalism, um, and um, and you have raw. <laughs> think of it as a merge oh between Titan and Bones and All. Is that accurate? Correct. Yeah, it, it, it's it, yeah, sure. I, I haven't seen Bones and All yet, but I Bones imagine it's actually really great. I'd recommend it. So oh, I cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I love it. I love that I'm, movie so much. I'm going to see it, but yeah, there's like, you know, like. Yeah, it makes you want to be a cannibal. I think you know, like. <laughs> it's, it's really, oh, well, I'm sold now. <laughs> it's good for it, you know. It's really good for Hunter. It's really good for. I mean, yeah, it's just, just it's 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 brilliant. It's brilliant. It's simple too. That's the crazy thing. It's very simple. It's not like like even the filmmaking and everything. It's very simple filmmaking. It's not, but what's in front of the screen is fascinating. There's not crazy setups or anything like that. It's actually filmed in a very regular cinematic way, but the content is fascinating and and it's extremely risky. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, no Americans would ever dare to do it, <laughs> and would never be even able to do it. There's no way any studio in America would have financed this. No way. No way. No way. No way. No way. No way. I and like yet, it's line. not that crazy. It's not that gory, or it's not that you know. It's not like it's not Salo, you know, or, or it's not a snuff film. It's not anything like that. It's still very elegant, elegantly made, elegant cannibalism. <laughs> big fan of cannibalism. Big big fan. So, what are you hungry for then, Adrian? <laughs> well, I still don't understand why we don't we don't we we don't eat our dead. I, I never understood that. <laughs> that for me is something that that makes no sense. I mean, it's it's wasted meat if you ask me. But you know, to each their yep. own, I guess. Yep. YouTube's gonna flag us now and <laughs> take down this video. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna ruin Harrison's YouTube career. I'm sorry, Harrison. Yeah, it's my fault. Just just blame it on me. <laughs> Toronto Cinema, block everything. Right. Yeah. Seriously, like what the hell? I'm sure we taste so good. I'm sure we'd be like super healthy. You know, it'd be super. It'd be healthy. I think. I think there's studies that were made on that. Like it would be healthy. It is cheaper than burying us. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Like what are we doing? Seriously, oh it's cheaper. It's healthier. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Bailey says there's been a rise in cannibal yeah. media over the past half decade or so, especially the last couple of years. That's true. Yeah, bones and all raw. Uh, there's like uh, the the new. There was also like a. Um, there was this cannibal society that was that was out there that. Um, 
that they documented recently where they like explain like once but they don't like kill lively obviously live human they don't kill people to eat them they they wait you know till they die and then they eat them you know and so in a way it's kind of nice because it's like it's in, then they become in a part of you like right like they their memory you know their flesh is inside of you there's something about that even though it's gonna <laughs> shit it out anyway anyway all right uh oh Dude, are you like friends with army hammer or something yeah i know <laughs> i wish no but army <laughs> Hammer's different I, I think he wants to kill people to, i think he's into life no like a life people no He's into that, and that's. I don't know. It's some clandestine weird stuff. We're yeah, going down a really weird rabbit hole, so maybe yeah. we should move on to the next. Moving one. on, Hunter, you're number seven. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, void of any cannibals, the film <laughs> Super Eight, the movie. Um, <clears throat> I think that like this movie is a little bit significant for me because this is when we started like purchasing digital movies. And like having voodoo store all of our movies or whatever. So like anytime we went on like a road trip, I'd pull up the iPad and the only thing I could watch was Super 8. So I watched it a lot. And for that reason, I just like it a lot. <clears throat> and that's all I got to say. <laughs> it's Amazing. Good. Just a fun kids go on an excellent adventure. Save yeah. the day. Pre-Stranger Things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pre-Stranger Things, but post-80s. And it's great. Beautiful. Yeah, I think it's underrated. I don't hear too many people talk about this one. Yeah, I I feel lukewarm about it. it it's good intentions, but I feel like it's uh, I don't know. JJ has a has a has a has a, a a knack for for starting something and and you know that's potentially really good and then half-assing it i feel like and he, i feel like he does that with a lot of pretty much all of his i mean all of his career did that the star wars movies like sure. the star but not just like even 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 the star, star trek, trek you know like there's some really good stuff in there a lot of good stuff <clears throat> but it always like oh like you really did it that way or like oh this, it just feels like i don't know it's just super eight just left me a little cold because of that it just wasn't um satisfying or like uh it didn't fulfill me as i thought it would you know so uh but. my friend bernardo really likes this movie so mm. i i haven't seen it mm. it's good you should watch it well you've I, convinced I me hunter <laughs> <laughs> i'll definitely say stranger things does the nostalgia and all that better than this movie season one um Definitely season one, yeah. but uh, I don't know. There's just something about this movie too. I haven't seen it in a while, so maybe my opinion will. No, there is something there. about this. Like it's there's yeah, a lot it's of good there, stuff. right? There's, there's a lot there. of good stuff, and again, like that's why it's a little disappointing because it's JJ like has really good intention and executes really well in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, it's just sometimes I'm like, what do you? What? It lacks a point of view. That's mm. what I I, I feel more. Mo, mostly it lacks a point it lacks his point of view like mm -hmm. he's 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 a good he's executing but what are you trying to tell us mm -hmm. with your language the, the 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 shots that you decided to put in front of us the the scenes that are that are that are happening in front of us like what is it that what's the point of view it feels 
just um i don't want to say generic but it, it it does feel like yeah like it's it's well made it's it's competent but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm i'm lacking the feelings so yeah all right we will move on to joe's number seven i know you're not gonna like this adrian but i really really love this movie so much uh it's probably my favorite film from Guillermo del Toro, although I haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth or Kronos or um, the one with the devil. Um, oh, boy. No, no, no. Um, it it, it no. says devil in the title. Um, oh, devil's backbone. Yes, devil's backbone. What about Crimson um, Peak? What? Crimson Peak. That's the best one. <laughs> so Guillermo. Okay, go, go, go. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think it's, um, I think Del Toro, he's aware of how fucking weird the concept is for this fish man to end this, <clears throat> uh, mute woman to fall in love. I think he knows that it's a weird concept, um, but it's sort of like allowing sort of the suspension of disbelief and really at its core, it's this story about um, misfits finding each other because in spite of how ostracizing like you may feel in the world or the world makes you to feel, it doesn't mean that you're unlovable. It doesn't mean that there's no possibility of joy for you. It, it, it doesn't mean that there's no one who would want to spend their life with you. It doesn't mean that there's anyone who doesn't want to be by your side because there is, there are people who are your people who will lift you up and make you feel value. And I think it's a beautiful um, story of that that's told in a very unique lens. And yeah, I, I love this movie so much. I love the look of it. The score by Andre Desplat is beautiful and so unique. I love this movie so much. Nice. I I haven't seen too many of his films either. Uh, I haven't seen this one yet. It's on my watch list. But I love how unique his style is. Like when you see a trailer of his or whatever, you know it's his style. You know, it's mm -hmm. Guillermo del Toro. He's like like Tim Burton. Yeah. You can always and tell the style. He definitely has such a love for classic monster movies. And this is definitely an ode to them because he stated that the inspiration for this is that when he saw Creature from the Black Lagoon mm -hmm. as a kid, he actually thought that the creature and the woman were going to get together at the end. But, you know, he dies <laughs> at the end. Mm -hmm. And so he sort of saw this as... Um, giving um the happy ending to the misunderstood creatures from those movies yeah and and that's the thing like i love his intention and i love him as a cinephile and i love him as a, a lover of all of that stuff of genre i just hate his execution so much I hate like in general or just with this movie? in general. I what? hate oh, wow. in wow. general. I hate the, the 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 script, right? Like so, the visuals 
nothing really to say. It's it's all really, especially it's incredibly inventive, incredibly uh, imaginative. This the 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 character design are all great, all amazing. The story, the 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 script, the dialogues, the the way people talk to each other, uh, the scene work, I think is absolutely terrible. So it takes me out of it immediately. Uh, that's my problem with Shape of Water. It's all stereotypes. It's all the villain. Michael Shannon is a is a stereotype of a, a caricature of himself. Uh, the, the 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 mafia, the mob that are coming. It's all for me, script wise, amateur level with incredible and imaginative visuals, which is why it makes it so frustrating to me because of course a concept like Shape of Water, I would love. I'd be the first one in. Are you kidding me? It's fantasy. It's it's a node to the monster films. It's exactly, you know, a fish, uh, a person and a, and a woman. I would be the first one to throw my money at that concept. Are you kidding me? Especially during that, when they have that sex scene in the, well, I don't want to spoil it, but it's but it's, it's but it's brilliant, and it's brilliant in concept, and brilliant in idea, and brilliant and brilliant also risk taking and all that. Nothing to say. And again, I love him as a real film lover. So when he talks about film, I listen with open ears. It's incredible. I just hate the way he he tells the the film when the way the way he writes the script and the way it's put on screen which for me then is a waste of incredible vision and incredible character design pan's labyrinth same thing uh, uh the only thing i accept is Crimson peak because one the the, the uh, bailey said it perfectly the production design of Crimson peak is impeccable modern made gothic romance at its finest right so a hundred percent but and the 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 the, the storyline of Crimson Peak is also very streamlined. It's all very thin, so a lot of people could roll their eyes at the storyline. But I don't know. I guess the, the 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 production design, as she said, in the 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 aesthetic was so well done and so pleasing that it got me into the world, and I didn't care that much that the storyline was a bit simple, right? It was a bit too easy. Uh, I ended up really liking it, and and I and I love that. I ended up loving that film. But everything else, it's just every time there's always a problem. It's like I come in, I have high expectation. He has an incredible style. I love the trailers. I love all of that, and I come in and I'm just disappointed because the story brings me to a very amateur level again, especially with the script work. If the Shape of Water, I wanted to love this so much, but every time it's like cliche after cliche after cliche, and then. And then the dialogue is just very poorly written for me. So that's my problem with it. But again, I know so many people love it, love him. You know, I'm in the utmost minority when it comes to his work. You know, people just see it and don't see the same thing I do. So now I know how you felt, Harrison, at the beginning. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it's it, and again, minority here. And and yeah. I want to love his work so much. When I heard Pan's Labyrinth score. At the at the at the opening of my on Apple TV, when you click it and there's like the 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 menu, and the score comes in. I said, okay, that's it. That's I, I don't know how I'm gonna be able to to watch this. It's gonna be I'm gonna cry from beginning to end. It's gonna be the greatest film. It's the the character plus the music. There was no way it could go wrong. But then it's like, oh my god, really? 
And even the story is not even that interesting. Anyway, um, but 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 that being said, I agree with everything Joe said about Shape of Water, like the misfits, the idea that um, uh, uh, just the, the, everything that come that came from intention and and like I want to talk about that movie the way Joe talked about it. Um, I really do, but unfortunately, I, I can't. But yeah, well, you alluded to this earlier, Adrian, but I hate it when people just equate this or just think it's just the fish fucking movie <laughs> when really it's yeah, like it's no. so much more than that of course of course of course of course of course and and all of what goes into it like it's a true love story i just think it's a it's a very eh, the love it just oh. okay. yeah but 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 uh but produce have you seen the orphanage no i have not no i have not uh let me see. Uh, I, no, I don't think I have. And that's the thing with, with Del Toro. It's like I always give him, there's always, you know, okay, let's watch the next one. Ooh, that looks interesting. Holy shit. Made by. I didn't love Hellboy, though. Hellboy's so good. No, do you mean the. the, the wait, Ron Perlman? Even oh, as someone. With uh... the, red, the, red, the red creature? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that as a kid. I don't know. Maybe like okay. it's like yeah. I guess even as like... someone who loves Del Toro, I am not the biggest fan of Hellboy. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, again, it's it's again for me. It's Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak. <laughs> there's, a, there's there's an incest storyline in, in Crimson Peak. Obviously, big fan. But but <laughs> but but uh, but the but the uh, but but that's not just why I, I like it. I like it for for everything else. Uh, moving on (laughs) okay (laughs) why do you have to bring up something like that with my movie adrian come on to be to be to be canceled as quickly as possible (laughs) or to cancel harrison whoever comes first you're gonna get harrison canceled yeah that's fine i'll I'll come up another way (laughs) (laughs) all right here's my number six changing tones here um, has anyone here seen The Artist? Yes, yes. I saw it a long time ago, and I think I didn't quite un- like. But when I watched it, I um I was too young to understand what it was going for and whatever. So I I didn't really fully appreciate it then. Mm. So this is one that I really want to watch again because it's probably going to be amazing if I give it another shot. Yeah. Well, what I love about it is it's a perfect homage to silent films, especially from the early or the late 20s, I should say. Uh, This reminds me a lot of. Oh, what is it? Uh, Dang, I can't remember any of it, but there's a lot of silent films this is based on and uh, also sound films like Singing in the Rain, which is also about the 20s and whatnot. But anyways, I think this movie perfectly captures that, you know, the. Uh, crazy characters, right? And the the storyline and the this is a silent film. The score in the background it sounds exactly like a 1920s organ music. You know, it's perfect. Um, I I just saw this like two years ago, so I'd never seen it before, and I'm glad I did because since I've seen this and since I've been watching more silent films, I've learned to appreciate them a lot more. They're definitely like. I guess a diamond in the rough, you know, because when you hear silent film, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch that because there's no dialogue, right? It's going to be super boring. But this one to me, 
like I mentioned with other films, it's a good introduction into it uh, because, you know, it captures all the best parts of it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a great film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very good. I agree. Mm -hmm. Now, what was it in competition with for Best Picture? I don't remember. because I don't remember, but it won. Yeah, I, I remember it won, but yeah. hopefully it deserved it, right? Because <laughs> I really like it, but yeah, it's good. It's it, it's very good. I, I don't remember much of it, but it's, I remember liking it when I saw it. Mm -hmm. I really like the romance between the characters. I think that's mm. what really intrigued me is they have yeah, really yeah. good chemistry. Yeah. Have you seen it, Hunter? No, Hold on, I'm, I'm searching up what it won against at the Oscars. Hold on. Okay. I'm Bubba. curious. Uh, Please don't be Inception because I really love Inception. As well. <laughs> Wait, what year was it oh, released again? Do you think Inception was nominated for Best Picture? Yeah, probably. It might have been 11, though. I think Inception was 2010. So maybe it was okay, 2011. There's the 2012 Academy Awards celebrating the films from 2011. Ba, 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 ba. Best picture. <clears throat> okay, the other ones were um, The Descendants, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, The Help, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, Moneyball, The Tree of Life, and War Horse. So obviously Tree of Life. Right. <laughs> like uh, no... the ones that i've seen here my favorite one here is actually hugo i really hmm. like that movie and i think I uh yeah I, I really love that movie it's a actually a really bad year for movies what? like look at look at look at extremely loud and incredibly close up yeah i guess a midnight in was Barrett. that 9 11 movie yeah it was fine hmm. um uh, midnight, uh... midnight in paris was good but, Films like uh, Drive and Melancholia weren't even nominated, so right. And, the, and I'm what, not even right. a big fan of Melancholia, but like love Melancholia. I, I acknowledge <laughs> like it's very well made. So Melancholia, uh, War Horse was horrible. Tree of Life, obviously brilliant. The Help was cool, good, good, it was good. Descendants was fine. Guess Moneyball was fine. I guess. Hugo was good. Yeah, this is not a okay. Well, they then I'll stand by. The Muppets for one. Best Picture. Oh yeah, was that the same year? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> well, I'll stand. We can by all get now. upset like this, this lineup for Best Picture. Yeah. So, in that sense, I can I can kind of like I know that there are some people who uh, are not the biggest fan of this movie and they're upset that it won Best Picture. Um, so, in that sense, when you look at sort of the lineup and just the output of films from 2011. It's kind of like, okay, I can, you know, it's whatever. That kind of makes sense considering the year and the lack of, and of certain films uh, getting attention from the Academy as they usually do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll move on to Adrian's number six. Boom. It's not Inception, but it's close. So everybody's seen it, obviously. Yeah, I have seen. not seen it. <laughs> oh no! Uh. No, this was you know again one of those experiences that you come out of the theater and you know you've seen something special and something that that will stay with you forever. Uh, the the emotions again that was brought in this film, the 
And I'm not even like, I'm not even talking about the storyline mainly. Like the storyline was really good and, 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 and extremely enjoyable and, and all of that. But, but the, 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 the atmosphere, right? Like literally uh, yeah. the, 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 the music with the visuals, the, the, the moments of silence, uh, the, the, the fourth realm at the end in the black hole, visualizing what space could actually look like um, pretty much all of it with practical effects. Uh, uh, the, the notion of time and, 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 and how much that matters, you know, there's, there's, and how we take it for granted. And it's, it's a, it's, it's a, super powerful and and emotionally gut-wrenching that again you come out of the theater and yeah you'll remember that experience for the rest of your life so that's why it's in that in that in that list yeah nolan had some really good movies in this decade and no i i agree with everything you said too and um i think matthew mcconaughey really blew it out of the the water, you know, I was very surprised. He was kind of, I was used to him in rom com, so it was really cool seeing him in a different role. Well, he was he was in Mud first. It, it, oh, it, is that what it was? The Mud was the was the was the switch. Uh, Dallas Buyers Club as well. Okay, that was and that was like in and um and uh yeah, you know, Inception, same thing. You know, you came out of Inception, you don't know what you watched, but you know it was special. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it was important somehow. <laughs> and you know you'll remember it till the till the end of times. So so that was that was a very special moment. Again, a, a big a big theater a, a big personal theater experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how 2010s are mainly theater. Well, no, actually, it's not interesting. It's normal because it's our generation. So obviously, the theater experience will have a play and a say in where it stands in our list. Right. As opposed to like the 50s or the 60s where we didn't have that experience. So it makes sense. And it makes sense that we have, you know, that we mix the two together. What we thought of the film and how we experienced it. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on to Hunter's number six. Really? I'm going to change my number six, guys. (laughs) Really? You want to pick a fight with me, Hunter? Because I will. I will not stand for this. I will not this is a terrible movie, Hunter. That's kind of why I don't want to keep it. <laughs> because I was thinking about movies that I can watch all the time. Okay, You can watch that all the time? But really? what I realized, thinking back and pondering and also getting flamed by a friend of mine when I showed him my list. Oh, was, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me that. I, I actually listen to the music very frequently i adore the music in this movie and i've listened to that music a bajillion times but i've only seen the movie like twice joe joe please don't (laughs) so i'm changing my number six is that okay yeah i just don't have a photo for it you're not gonna put the picture of it but put on your yeah, if you want yeah. to avoid here, here we go. my Ready? wrath, I think that's probably a good pick. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I think I can. Voice on your part. Okay, okay. You, you all ready? Are we ready? Oh, Have you prepared dear. yourselves? I mean, if if we're to give one nice thing about it, the animation is really good. But 
It's spectacular. Yeah. yeah. Everything else is all right. Ready? I think I gave it a three or three and a half. Yeah. I don't remember what I I I actually haven't reviewed it yet, but everybody Maybe like a two. This this is the official number six. <laughs> Jack Reacher, Cruise. yeah. Jack Reacher. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. It's better than this. It's <laughs> okay. The main reason why I I I've seen this movie like five or six times. I know nothing about books or whatever of specifically with Jack Reacher and its history and whatever. I don't know anything about that, so I don't care. However, uh, and well, and like Tom Cruise, I got a love hate relationship with the man. Mostly love. He's he's pretty interesting. He's but awesome. Like, like I hate that I always all I say is oh, I visually like this movie a lot. But Jack Reacher, just visually, is so beautiful. I love this movie. I just like you can pause it. You can oh, so good. Okay, and it's slow. And it's quiet. There's not a ton of if you compare it to the second Jack Reacher film with Tom Cruise, that film is just Spy Kids, and it stinks. Spy Kids <laughs> is better. Okay, but the first Jack Reacher, it's like, I don't know. It's not like bogged down by dialogue and things. It's got, it's just, it's like, oh, all right. Things that I happen. like the sniper scenes. They're really the cool. The sniper scenes are sweet, okay? And you get all this cool animated gun barrel crap going on. You get some, st- my, actually, my favorite scene is the end when, when it's all, he like drives a car in reverse and it's getting shot up at in the car and whatever and shoots people and it's sweet anyways so jack reacher brought to you by disney's pixar it's pretty good (laughs) we can move on though okay no but i agree though jack reacher is a good one all right joe you're number six okay i'm really excited about this one out of all of the movies on my list this is possibly the most underappreciated and underrated and criminally so um so weekend is this film that takes place over a weekend um and is about this relationship that this very brief relationship between these two men in the UK and mainly the movie is just them just hanging out in their house uh, and just talking about um, the nuanced um, forms of uh, discrimination that they face with their uh, gay identity. And a lot of the stuff is like, it definitely has relevance still today. Like it was released in 2011, two years before gay marriage was legal in the UK and four years before gay marriage was legal in America. And like, it still has a lot of relevancy with the conversations that they're having. And every time that I watch it, it's like, those scenes are just so freaking impactful. And the pace and yeah, the direction by Andrew High, he manages to create such a naturalistic environment. There are a lot of uses of long takes in this movie to great effect. And the script feels incredibly natural. Uh, the two performances from the leads are great. Um, it has a really good vibe to it. Like it's, it's one that I just love to vibe to because the environment is so naturalistic. And I think everyone should watch this movie. It's it's a great. I also, film. 
I also want to add that Joe, you know, finds something new to appreciate whenever they watch the film. Mm. That's also what I want. It's the only thing I wanted to. <laughs> Have any of you heard or seen this movie? No. I've heard about it. I've never heard of it. Uh -uh. I heard good things. It's on Criterion, so. Oh, yeah. nice. It's kind of like uh, Happy Together. Happy Together. Oh, oh yeah, that? yeah. That's a good, yeah. The UK version of Happy Together. Yeah, I guess. there you go. <laughs> the white UK. But it's actually <laughs> interesting because it talks about gay stigma, right? It talks about like gay uh, yeah. identity, whereas Happy Together doesn't. It's just oh, okay. a relationship. Yeah. It's just it just so happens that they're two people of the same sex, but they don't like you know really go into it. <laughs> it just is. But I love the discussions that they have about it in this movie. Oh yeah. I'm sure it's you can tell that Andrew High, like he was probably projecting his own insecurities about making um, a film because he was pretty much because one of the characters says, oh, I can't make this piece of art um, because like um, straight people want won't want to see it. And then it's going to be too because it's not a part of their world and gay people aren't going to want to see it because like it's it's not in their best interest and so that sort of fear you can sense that in scenes like that there's like this projection of andrew high's own fears as a gay man making films and making art with finding his audience and it's yeah. such mm, i love the script of this movie it's so great awesome nice all right so we're going into our number fives now this is my number five. Now I know, I know people like Thor: Love and Thunder more than this one. No, sorry. Yeah, uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. I guess Love and Ragnarok. I was meaning Ragnarok, but I guess Love and Thunder too. But it, I like the OG. I don't know. I I love the kind of fantasy feel to it. The more more serious tone and into the more Norse mythology. And I kind of feel like it's missing in the newer Thor movies. You know. Uh, this is directed by uh, Kenneth Branagh. He's got that, you know, great Shakespearean style from his Shakespearean movies. I love the cast, especially Odin. He's really cool. Uh, played by uh, Anthony Hopkins. He's really good. And Thor himself is great. And it also has some humor. You know, some people say this is way too serious. It actually has some humor to it. Like plenty. Oh yeah. He's like another, and he smashes a mug and all that fun stuff. This is like their early, time in marvel i think this is phase one still yeah this is before yeah. the avengers so it's like still the development stages but i think it was a great introduction to the character and who he is as a person and yeah i i love this movie um i think i was 13 when i first saw it so again perfect perfect movie for for me being at that age and just seeing the action on the screen and yeah it's either this or captain america i love both of them so much from this year but yeah, of Thor. Do you say this or Captain America and you chose Thor? Yeah. The first Captain, I hated the first Captain America. No, oh, no. I actually like the first Captain America. That's I actually like the first Captain America. Second one, yeah. Not the, anyway. Oh, well, anyways, I I think I think this is great. I wish they'd get more to the mythology aspect. I think it's missing in the newer ones. Yeah. 
All right. So we'll move on to Adrian's number five. Mm. I mean. The vibes I mean, are immaculate here. <laughs> I mean, that's I haven't it. seen it. No, you haven't. Why? Uh, uh, Why? Uh, just haven't gotten time to. <laughs> I have like 3,000 movies I want to watch this, Adrian. <laughs> oh, what'd you say? What'd you say? I have like 3,000 movies no, I want to watch was, this. No, 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 no. But that's not a word. That's, that came out the moment it. No, you didn't see it when it came out? When did it come out? Like 2016. I, yeah. Oh, I was on my mission then. No, I didn't see it. Oh, 2016. Really? That was yeah. that far back? Yeah. So La is a yeah, the minor masterpiece. It's a, it's a perfect ode to, to any musicals of that time from the French musicals with Jacques Demy or just the old uh, American musicals of like Sound of Music and and the others. It's it's actually a really interesting thing that uh La Land aged really well where it's one of those things that people talk more about it now than they did then, even though they talked about it a lot before. And it's kind of those films that have been, that are securing their place as masterpieces in the, in this century. Uh, and I really love that about La La Land. Interstellar is another one like that, where you're not sure how it's going to age. In La La Land, we weren't sure, but it's such a perfect story it's such a beautiful story full of emotion full of honesty incredible songs uh, as joe said the vibes are immaculate and it's and it's uh perfect chemistry i think it's we haven't seen that kind of chemistry maybe since titanic you know um but it's it's incredible and and also it it, it also subverts expectations at the end which i will not spoil but it's 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 uh, it's incredible. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Pop Culture 33, La La Land is great. Joey Lombreras. Wish I watched it in theaters. And Joey, again, give a shout out to the social network. Social network. Watch it, even though I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> give a shout out to the social. It's a great movie. Well, stick around, Joey. You may show up on my list. May. It may. Who knows? <laughs> I just watched La La Land last week, and I think it's incredible. Mm. It's great. It's so good. Do it's you? I'm dying to watch this one again. Like You've seen it, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Had, it's the, had the ending been a little different, do you think it would still be... As impactful? Uh-huh. No. Mm. I think, it, I think it, it, it truly puts the... Tru truly puts the nail of I'm different. You know, like, like, yeah. I, uh, I know that a lot of people like when the film was like super popular and after I saw it, they were saying like, I didn't like the ending to La La Land. And I was like, no, but that's the point. That's the point. Like, like I don't see why it's so sad. They achieved their dreams and they have a no, 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 spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I, I, I've seen videos of it. I know how it ends. Sorry. Oh, you know how it ends. <laughs> yeah, I know. The internet's terrible, man. Sorry, it totally slipped out. I am so sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, it's, it, it's, if you knew. It's fine. It, it's just, knew, yeah. it is. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember we were we were discussing this with... Um, what's his name? The guy that... The, our friend? Nathan? Nathan. Who I basically talked to like two days ago. Um, Same. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, we, we were discussing this on my on our live on Instagram, 
uh of la land and how like that that was the point like it's like people didn't like the ending they missed the entire point of the film it feels like it's like what did you watch uh uh and uh also has everybody seen avatar 2 not yet i'm seeing it tomorrow okay tomorrow okay tend to watch it soon okay cool all right Got Evan's list here. My list is Lady Bird, Shape of Water, Quiet Place, Big Hero 6, Moana, Midnight in Paris, Inside Llewellyn Davis. Ooh, I've heard about that one. Yesterday and John Wick. That's a good list. It's actually funny. I either dislike all of those films or have not seen them. Wait, show me, show me the list again. Oh, sure. It's actually funny. Lady Bird, I thought was fine. I didn't love it, but that Shape of Water, obviously, I dislike. Yeah. <laughs> Quiet Place, I only saw clips, but never saw the whole thing. Big Hero 6, I hated. Moana. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. yeah. For all the same, like, storytelling reasons. and and But anyway, that's another conversation. Moana. Oh, no, Moana I loved. Midnight in Paris was... Okay, okay, no, no. Because I yesterday I didn't see... John Wick, I've never seen the whole film. I've seen, like, bits, but I've never seen it. I still film. need to see it. And then Inside Llewyn Davis, I've never seen it. I've always wanted to see it. Uh, no, okay, so no, 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 it's not. Because I really thought I either hated it or just never seen it. That would have been a fun, that would have been a fun list. <laughs> All right. Hunter, you're number five. Okay. I'm not smart enough to talk about this movie. <laughs> but Enough said. <laughs> Senior year, I joined a cinema club, and we went to my friend's house, and we watched Parasite. And I was so blown away. I was just like, wow. Therefore, it's on my list. <laughs> That's, I still uh, need to see uh, it. I really, I, you I, haven't Harrison, seen Harrison? I don't understand Harrison. Harrison's afraid of horror movies. They're not, no, no, but it's, no, it's not even a horror no, movie. So. Like, no, it's no, it's barely a horror film. I'm like, trying to understand. Movies come out, right? Like, they, they're like, they come, <laughs> there's trailers, right? That come out. And you probably see these trailers. And you probably have a movie theater next to you, right? So, like, how does that work? Like, how did you not see Parasite? Like, like uh, when did it come out? Twenty nineteen. <laughs> oh, twenty nineteen. Oh, okay. twenty nineteen. Well, I have no excuse for twenty nineteen. No excuse. That's what I'm like. <laughs> I'm trying to. There's the pandemic. You're ashamed of yourself, scenario. Harrison. I, I know. I, I am. It's like you've Nathan, obviously Nathan heard about it. Obviously. It. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it was probably playing in your theater, and okay. <laughs> Harrison, think about like I was a poor college student. <laughs> I don't watch. Yeah, think about like the fun engagement of like Ocean's Eleven and all these like plans coming together where people are trying to do things and whatever. Okay, this is kind of a this is kind of a stretch, but I'm connecting them. It's a very stretch. It's a big stretch. It's the biggest like, stretch I've ever. Like heard. good mon. Think of like a movie with really good montages, and that's Parasite. And then. And then it, everything goes crazy and it ends. And you're like, like wow. Rocky Four montage or what kind of montage are you talking about? All of the above. And then okay. like and then you watch like videos on YouTube explaining it and you're like, oh wow. Maybe this movie is a lot more significant than I realized. But anyways. I will talk about it when we when we come to mind. But yeah. We got a hot take here. I don't understand the love for Parasite. It might have been overhyped. It was okay. I almost kicked out of my movie club and I didn't love it. Yeah, of course. That's the one movie that you like, you know, this and everything everywhere all at once is one of those movies you can't say it out loud, you know. It's interesting how universally love movies like that. I know, right? It's crazy how that happens sometimes. 
Okay, one through ten. Sorry, Joe, I'm going to read it from ten to one. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, Parasite, Mad Max Fury Road. Nice, nice. Inception, Unchained, or Django Unchained, rather. Social Network, La La Land, Uncut Gems, Marriage Sturdy, and Whiplash. I only hate I only hate one of those movies. Guess which one? Grand Budapest Hotel. No, she got I, it. I, I love Thank that. I love that movie. Okay. I need to see so, it again. I haven't. I seen haven't it seen it yet. It's on my list. It's yeah. in my phone right now. It's 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 one of those. And again, Wes Anderson, I have a huge problem with him in general. Uh, oh, again, not for the, like, again, not for the visual then style. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Except for Fantastic Mr. Fox. Okay, good. Okay. Which I, <laughs> Mr. Fox, I really like. Uh, but but, but everything else, like I don't, I just not even his first, not even Ball Rocket. It's like it's it's cool, I guess. I don't know. I I don't get it, but uh, it works for everyone else. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to Joe's number five. That's a really good one. So, um, eighth grade. Bo. Sorry, you, you got me right as I took Oh, sorry. <laughs> I haven't seen this one. It's, it's Bo Burnham. It's yeah. His first feature. Um, so eighth grade. Um, one of my favorite um coming of age movies. And I feel like it is one of the most accurate depictions on the awkward feeling of being in middle school slash high school. Like I feel is like, um, like everything that the main character experiences I felt. And I feel like everyone in some capacity has felt. And so I feel like, um, you know, this is, you know, probably something that like folks in, like when they're in high school or whatever, when they watch will be like, oh yeah, I kind of, this is funny. This I, and I get it. But then when you get older, you realize, oh my God, I, was I really like that back then? But then, it, but then it's like, it also allows you to kind of like laugh at it a little bit, you know? And um, yeah, I think it's a great film. I, I think um, it didn't get um, probably what it, deserved attention in the award circuit because like it's a really great film and uh yeah i yeah i love it <laughs> so, so sorry where's the noise coming there's a little noise oh that that's me? me sorry that's oh, my that's, that's you okay got it. i thought it was me <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay um i agree with everything joe said it's 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 incredible how i don't know how you depict how it was depicted that well like it's so it's insane i wonder does he have does he have a kid bo no i don't think so so how can you just write that you need to have like someone in eighth grade that that has to have talked to you about like what they've been feeling and so on and so forth it can't just be like oh i remember like because this was so authentic to like the time it came out and like the way kids, uh, I don't know, it was crazy. Yeah, it's really, it's really good, especially the conversation with the father and everything. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Okay, Bailey commenting here. I also found Parasite to be fine. It was very, mel very well made, but I just wasn't as impressed or into it. Probably need to rewatch it. 
Yeah, me and Bailey don't disagree often, but you know, there's a first for everything. <laughs> oh, Pop culture thirty three, middle school teacher for sixteen years. This was hard to watch. I told all oh, the yeah. parents to watch it. That's yeah, wow. All right. So we're going into our number fours. This is my number four, the social network. This is for you, Joey. <laughs> it's for you, Joey. Yep. <laughs> um I also just watched this recently, I think maybe two months ago. Um, I was blown away by it. I love the the writing from uh, is it Andy Sorkin? Aaron. Really, really Aaron. Aaron. That's right, Aaron Sorkin. My mistake. Uh, yeah, he's an incredible writer of this movie. I was blown away by that script. Really, really good. Because if you really think about the story overall, it's just a guy in college creating a social media app, right? You know, how, how tense can that really be? I, mean, I guess the legal stuff too, but I don't know, just the way that David Fincher directed it and set it up and all that made it really intense and really fascinating to watch. Just thinking about that era too, you know, when Facebook was coming out and how it started to get notoriety and all that. It was a very fascinating movie and just looking into that time period because I was really young when, it, when that was all going on, so I don't remember any of it. So it was really interesting to see all of that but it's, it's, yeah. it's also it's also interesting that um a similar movie steve jobs right uh mm -hmm. years later also written by aaron sorkin which i think is a masterpiece right like like has no reason to be this good mm -hmm. it's like that like like how can it how good can it really be how intense can it really be how interesting can it really be and I think that's all. I mean, Danny Boyle and Fincher did a, obviously a, an amazing job on each end, but I think it's Sorkin's script and dialogue that just glues it all together. And that's the the, the common link between this film and Steve Jobs that Sorkin is a, a magician. Yeah. And I'd be really curious to see a, a movie made about Facebook now, like comparison yeah. of when it started out to how it is now. It's, very different now, of course, yeah. but it's crazy how, how much our world has changed just from uh, this one app, you know? It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Have you seen this one, Hunter? No? No, I haven't seen this one or the Steve Jobs movie or anything cool. Hmm. How about you, Joe? Have you seen this one? Uh, no, I, I said in the shout out that I did earlier that I, Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, I recommend checking it out. Mm -hmm. right, got Evan here again. I was in college when Facebook started. I remember when Facebook was open to only college students needed a college email. Yeah. That that's a part of the movie too. How it started out just in Harvard and then to the other schools and yeah, totally different now. It blows my mind. All right. Go to Adrian's number four. Well, there you go. Speaking of, <laughs> I think I think that's a, perfect transition, Adrian. I, I think that, that uh, I, when I said it out loud, I was like, "Wait, I think that's next," and it was. <laughs> Steve Jobs is is the movie to watch right now. They, 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 Steve Jobs is 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 the movie that it's the most entertaining film of it's. It's one of those films that makes again like it makes no sense for it to be this good, 
every single moment is a lesson. And it's not just because I'm a Steve Jobs fanboy, you know, or, or just because I'm an Apple fanboy or all that, which I am and which obviously has appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the filmmaking, it's the craft, the directing, the pacing, the structure, how it was built, right? It's not a, a real, a, a really a linear film. It, it's not like we follow his life and this, it's, it all, it takes place before three, the three most important keynotes of a product launch of Apple. It starts with the Macintosh, then the, the iMac, and then, no. No, no. Yeah, the Macintosh, the Next, and then the iMac. Three yeah. of the most important product launches in tech, in, te- in tech history and in Apple history. And it, and it um, shows you the hour before, right? What happened an hour, an hour and a half before, the, before each launch. That's the movie. So it's, it's, I think it's a, it's a two-hour movie. So it's about, yeah, 30, 40 minutes each, right? And it's, and it's, it never, it never uh, 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 takes your attention away from it. It always keeps your attention on the screen, on the character, on the growth, the snappy dialogue, the, 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 it's, I think it's a better movie than Social Network. And I know I'm in the minority for that. And I also think it's a better script than Social Network. And I know I'm in the minority for that. But, um, but it's 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 unbelievably good, and it's something you can rewatch and rewatch. I've watched it like five times, and you can keep rewatch. Seth Rogen as a serious dramatic actor is one of the. It's it's he makes a performance that is rarely done in the you know with Seth Rogen and who's in the in these kind of films, which he's not being casted for in general, right? He's a comedic actor, but as a drama as a as a drama actor, he's even better than a comedian. He's even better than an actor, um, than a funny, yeah, a funny actor. So, anyway, it's um, a must. Nice and under. Well, I need to, yeah, I need to check it out if if it's better than the I've, social network. For me, yes, and again, it could be on par, uh, but it's it's just it's on yeah, it's the, the camera work, the the everything is the music, everything, everything. It's brilliant. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, I've heard of this one, and uh, yeah, you've definitely, as usual, piqued my curiosity to it more so. Awesome. All right. Hunter, you're number four. Well, it's a good movie, guys. Come on. Okay, anyways. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I, like, had some thoughts, but I don't remember them now. Nice. Um, that was, that's, that's I, great. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna fake anything. It's a good movie. It's just like it's, it's Interstellar. You, like how, how many times you're like, bro, what's your favorite movie? And the person you're talking to is like, Interstellar, because it's dang good, and there's a good reason for that. I have and, a coworker at my work, and we were really bored yesterday, so he, so we was like, okay, what's your favorite movie? And he said, Interstellar. So. <laughs> Every time I ask somebody, so your coworker, my friends, it's all the same. Interstellar is really good. Also, yeah. it gets a little, uh, gets a little shout out in the new Thor movie, and yeah. Anyways, it does. I don't remember that. It does. Uh huh. 
she's like she the the guy is like reading her book and she's like interstellar explains it really well or something like that right am i wrong i might be wrong oh uh natalie portman's character yep there you okay go. yeah uh, i do remember that now okay so anyways really quick uh i've been reading all these little taglines to sell the movie uh and and the end of earth will not be the end of us is like dang good like i'm just like a lot of the taglines we've seen so far in all these movies some of them have been like yeah okay like whatever <laughs> but like i don't know i feel like this movie's really it really does honestly live that that little line right there anyways i have nothing more to say we can move on okay in two hours <laughs> we'll go to number four Silent Voice. I ha- saw this movie very recently for its five-year anniversary re-release in theaters, and it's a gorgeous movie about um, these two um, folks who, well, uh, the boy like bu- bullied uh, this deaf girl uh mercilessly and because of that um he was looked down upon and bullied uh in his uh school as well uh the deaf girl moved on to a different place to learn rightly so and later on in his life he realizes that he wants to um do right and he wants to um apologize and seek forgiveness and for all of the wrongdoings that he does and along that course he learns to finally accept well he he makes the slow progress and um so does the deaf girl nishimiya um to allow oneself to find some sort of satisfaction and joy in their life and it's a beautiful film it's on netflix you should definitely see it and uh i'm so glad that i finally saw it because it is beautiful very nice i'm just added it to the list yeah i'll do that have any of you heard of this one yeah no no, i haven't Uh -uh. wow like yeah, when um when your name came out which was like this huge hit from japan this was the other sort of anime film not by ghibli that um really got super popular and uh rightly so um yeah oh speaking of which hold on yeah i just got the steelbook for christmas as well so Ooh, nice yeah beautiful film should definitely check it out yeah just well added it to the watch list mm-hmm. all right guys Wait, you adrian, ready adrian did you say that you had heard of it mm-hmm. okay yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right guys number threes here we go let's do this tangled yeah. yay <laughs> <laughs> full circle yep we've come full circle to it uh what I love about this movie that I think Frozen fails at is uh, I think the character dialogue and relationships are much, much better in this movie. 
you know, I love the connection with Flynn and Rapunzel. I love Rapunzel's dynamic with, you know, the, um, the witch hate. Oh, what's her name? I can't remember, but the bad guy, you know, I love their connection. And I love even the little chameleon Pascal. He's hilarious. And uh, Maximus with the sword, right? Like, this to me should have been what Frozen is. You know, this should have been the bigger movie that everyone talks about, all the songs and all that, I think are way better. I, I just, I, I don't get the Frozen, man. <laughs> I really don't get it. Um, This one to me kind of seems a little underrated now. Maybe I'm wrong, but you don't hear about it as much. And I, I don't know. I, I think it's a lot better than Frozen and even Frozen 2 and I, I like that one a little bit, but yeah. Anyways, Tangled. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I assume we've all seen it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, this was like, um, I think this was like my go-to movie, Disney movie in my childhood. And uh, yeah, I have a lot of nostalgia for it for that reason, but it still really holds up, I think. Mm -hmm, definitely. Especially the humor. I think the humor holds up really well, too. Like, Frozen doesn't have any of that. I, uh, so irked about that. But anyways, <laughs> we can move on to Adrian's number three. Speaking of Disney. <laughs> so every, everyone? Yep, I think so. Yeah. Sí, claro que sí. Claro que sí. Well, there you go. I mean, what else is there to say? Uh, I think that's one of the greatest Pixar films uh, of all time. And also a revamp in their career, as we talked about earlier, that it was it was starting to go down, and it uh, it uh, emotionally um, this brought um, memories and, and you know thoughts and a lot to think about um, for for years to come um, about artistry about legacy about regrets about family so on and so forth and it's um you know as hunter as a yeah hunter as hunter would say uh, it's a good movie <laughs> well said yeah. yeah it probably has my favorite ending to any pixar movie ever oh yeah huh. yeah, yeah. Fun fact story. Harrison and I got to tour Pixar years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. A good dinosaur was in post-production. And we were like, I don't know. We were like going around some, a friend of our father's was taking us all around. And wow. we got to like look in some offices and see what's going on. And he's like, you guys want to see something really cool? And we like went to this random weird little room. And they just had a bunch of like cocoa merchandise. Holy but, like. Shit. We had no idea what it was. Yeah. And he's like, I think it was 2014, 2015. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we, we decorate this room or something. It was something like they, they decorated with upcoming films or whatever. But, anyways, just thought I'd add that. Also, Almost. this movie in Spanish is so good, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we saw it together in Spanish, didn't we? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And music and the, is so good, too. Yes. It's like, a great example of Pixar reminding us like that their movies about family are really good movies. All right. We'll go to Hunter's number three. Oh, oh yeah, baby. <laughs> I know we already talked about it. 
But for whatever reason, like in the early, in the twenty tens, this movie just became one of my all time favorite movies. And I I just wanted to sit down and just watch some great gunslinging bad guys searching action and true grit delivers. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. It's I love Jeff Bridges too. He's so yes. so good in this movie. Uh I I really I don't know. It's like I I really love the western genre and this true this true grit and the original like both are just like such good like put me in the western world like right now and i can sit and stare at the screen and i'm there um so that's why i love this movie and that's why it's so high on my list it's just like a a go-to to 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 put me into another world but yeah yeah and they chop off a guy's fingers it's crazy they do it's crazy or i love how uh jeff bridges he can't hit the the bottle he keeps throwing in the air with the shotgun. He's like so drunk he can't <laughs> can't even hit it. Yeah, that was funny. All right, we got Samuel Stevens' list here: Tree of Life, The Wind Rises, Visit, They Shall Not Grow Old, A Hidden Life, Ten Cloverfield Lane, MI6, Fallout, Omission Possible, Six Fallout, Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh yeah, that one's funny. Midnight Special, Mission Possible, Five Broke Nation. I need to get into those mission. I need Samuel's letterbox to count because just from this top ten, they sound pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a great list. All right, move on to Joe's number three. Okay, so call me by your name. Out of all of the movies that I've seen, if I could choose one where I could just live in, this would be the one. The atmosphere is so appealing. It's so, um, it, it just, like, you feel like you're in this, um, in this, um, in this home in Italy. And you, um, you feel like the heat of the sun, you feel, um, just everything. Like, I feel like with Luca Guadagnino, he's very good at making you feel like you're in the environment in whatever work he's doing. And he's probably like, yeah, you know what? I feel good saying it. He is my favorite director working today. And he is um, mainly a large part of that is because he purely wants you to feel everything that the, the film encompasses. And the movie has such a wonderful atmosphere to it. And uh, it, it uh, takes you along this journey and it absolutely breaks your heart at the same time at the very end. And I, um, yeah, this is also one that's held a very special place with me personally and yeah, I, I love I love this film. I love it too so much uh, mm-hmm. for yeah for all the reasons that they said and uh, just in general. Uh, it's in. Have you? None of you have seen it. I haven't. Uh-uh. It's incredible. It's mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. Yep. Yeah, and again, I hate it when people just call this movie the peach fucking movie because it's so much more than that. It's oh, I so remember much- that scene. Exactly. 
Um, yeah. yeah. And, I don't know if I want to know the context for that. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for once, that's something I'm not into. <laughs> yeah. For once. Incest. Andrew's into cannibalism. Incest. But... Cannibalism is incest. That's fine. But peaches, ugh, I draw no. That's where you draw the line. Oh, yeah. 100%. I have standards. Yeah, um, I have principles for sure. Yeah. And I would like to acknowledge that, like, those who have, like, discomfort with, you know, I know that the film has gathered, I guess, some controversy with um, the age gap between the characters. And, oh, I forgot about that. Uh, and I would like to say that, um, you know, I think the film clearly lays out that these are characters who are like, honestly, who are kind of clumsy in what, you know, with trying to figure everything out, you know, right. and not to mention that there are like, when the film was first released, there were actually a bunch of there were actually folks who were specifically targeting this, the film's age gap through purely homophobic reasons, even though they were fine with like straight couples with even bigger age gaps. Like, and honestly, considering that there are a lot of love stories that like, oh, we can look past the age gap. Like so many people have looked past the age gaps of Twilight, Romeo and Juliet. And so I feel like if we can, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, I think like I'm willing to like, you know, I, I think like there's like this awareness that um, it's these characters really trying to figure this out for themselves. Yeah, I, right. but I'd, love to, I'd love to hear your perspective, Adrian. No, no, I don't, I have no, I didn't even think it, no one second when I was watching the film that I think about the age gap, not even like, not even a second, like not even like half a second. Uh, uh, and what do you when, think that is? when I start to, what? And what do you think that is? Because it's like, life. Because that happens in life all the time. The, 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 the age gap, especially at that age. This is mm -hmm. something that I've done. This is something that people have done. Yeah, maybe not with the same sex, but with the other. I mean, it's something that happens all the time. That is showing, showcasing what happens, what happens in life. But it's not like it doesn't make a big deal out of it because it's two consenting, you know, people. So it's not like so it's 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 how old is he, uh, Elio, again? 17. OK, yeah. So, again, it, we're in Europe. So that's completely consensual. And laws are different there. And uh, and you can consent at 17 when it comes to your sexual relationships. So um, I have no problem with it. And I've lived this and. People around me have like, like that's a very American problem, to be honest with you. Like, like when I look at everyone else, like no one cares in Europe. No one cares, if, especially where it was filmed, especially by an Italian director. You can talk about there's no problem whatsoever that I see uh, where I'm concerned, um, especially not uh, with the relationship that they had um, and in the way that they had it and the way it was portrayed now portrayed differently, right. In a more toxic environment where there's more grooming and manipulation and, and that it's, you, you could, you could tell these things, you can sense it. Um, and, 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 and sometimes that's the point that wasn't the point here. So no, that's what happens in life. That's probably what happened to him. Um, not, I don't know. And he's showcasing that and portraying that and expressing that visually period. That's it.
No more, no less. More right. options. Yeah, it would like to, yeah, just from like my mention of Shape of Water and Call Me By Your Name. Uh, 2017 is such uh, an amazing year for film and like, um, yeah, like, and th this and Shape of Water are also two films that like, I just love to vibe with so much. And uh, yeah, it was, that was also like a year of film where like, I really started getting into um, more, uh, expanding my range of cinema that I watched, you know, and because of that, this and Shape of Water also have a lot of personal significance to me personally in my taste of film. So, yeah, yeah, and for me too, when I came out of this, I was like, there's something so um, authentic about it, so organic about their story, their love and everything that like, yeah, like when you end up crying for this, like that's the, for me, it's always the thing. It's like, well, I cried every film now that you've like known. I've said every single time that I cried every film, but like at every, like, but that, but it, because it means something because it's like when you cry at certain things that you wouldn't necessarily be attracted to or be appealed to in general, then it means they did something that was different. It means that they really took you in because it was so honest, right? I would have never thought that a gay love story would ever touch me in any way, right? But it did um, because, because it was- it's a human story and it's correct. something that anybody correct. can relate to correct. regardless correct. of identity. Correct, correct. It's done in, in that way, which is why the age gap is not even a thought it's not even like any and Guadagnino doesn't even want it to be a thought when he makes the movie he makes the story of two human beings falling in love that's it um so 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 yeah it goes without so so that's why it's not even a I mean it's yeah you could argue it if you want but I, I find that a you know not you well I'm saying in general like for the people that want to argue that you know like in and or that are against that because of that's like Good for you. It's not at all something that I'd like enter to entertain because that's not what the movie is or what it's about or what it's trying to say. So you missed the point completely for me. If that's the thing that you, you know, that you come out of. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And yeah, like even like my mom freaking loved the movie. Like when she like finished watching it, she was like, that was so beautiful, but I never want to watch it again because it broke my heart in two. <laughs> So, um, yeah, no, for sure. Bailey said, can you, uh, yeah, I think the movie is so easy to romanticize. So with the negative aspect of the age gap, people were attacking it. I think it was just something along the line. Yeah. Like, look, if you're like shocked by it or like, it's not like your thing, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I'm not shocked. I mean, yeah, you asked me, I, I'm not, I just don't care. I don't care. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I just don't care whatsoever about that. As long as it's you know legal and 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 uh, morally you know again like it's different morals I guess like we Europeans we think different how about that just just in that in that sense and and Guadagnino is European this is you know Chalamet is European this is pretty much a European movie I mean they they speak English but it's in Italy right it's like it's it's different rules that we don't think the same. We don't put importance in the same things either. Age gap being one of them. So, yeah. All right. So we're moving on to our number twos. So this is my number two. Great. Pick. Um, 
yeah, <clears throat> losing my voice here. Sorry, I was sick the past couple of weeks. But anyways, I'm also talking for two and a half hours. But that's yeah, that do that doesn't help either, right? No, uh, I love this movie. I love The Irishman. Now I know a lot of like uh, Goodfellas fans and all that. They say, you know, this is Irishman is a ripoff or whatever. I guess I don't know. I haven't seen that one, so I can't make that. You haven't seen Goodfellas? No. Uh -uh. Harrison, what's going on? <laughs> well, you I told you. Goodfellas either, if it makes you feel any better, Harrison. <laughs> three thousand movies, Adrian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three thousand movies. But uh, anyways, I love the progression of the storyline with these characters because a lot of it, it really happened. You know, the the Irishman that Robert De Niro plays was a real guy. You know, Jimmy Hoffa yeah. played by. Al Pacino, real guy. And so it's one of those storylines, like one of those kind of what if storylines, what did happen to Jimmy Hoffa or kind of like the JFK storyline, right? You know, who really killed JFK? Um, I'm always fascinated by those. And I love gangster movies in general. I, you know, I, I don't know why I like the suit and ties and all that. They're more professional, right? They're not, uh, I don't know. Anyways, I like these characters a lot. I love the the history of it. Um, love the direction. If there's one critique I have, maybe it's a little too long. I don't think it needs to be three hours long. I do agree with that critique of it. And that's my critique. Yeah. But other than that, I really loved it. Um, first saw it on Netflix. I have the criterion of it. It's beautifully shot, beautifully done. The de-aging effects are incredible for the most part. Um, although it is a little silly seeing you know, Robert De Niro, uh, almost 80 year old man kicking a guy that did look a little silly, but other than that, it, it's a great, great looking movie. And it's, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. Yeah. I, I didn't love it. I, I, um, I, for the, for the reasons I loved the, uh, I really love the first act and I love the third act, mm. uh, you know, the, 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 the whole death part, you know, waiting for death kind of part which i love yeah. the yes. way it was so subtle so well made and then the first act as well i was a little bored at times and and i think its length was was a big big problem and in it could have had another cut you know at a, at a, uh, yeah it, it felt like uh it didn't feel like a final cut thelma mm -hmm. could have you know got it yeah in. Yeah, it could, it could have been an hour forty five minutes. I don't think it needed to be three hours. Yeah, but great moments for throughout. I mean, yeah, for sure. There's some really good stuff in this. Hundred mm -hmm. <laughs> percent. Have you seen this one, Hunter? No. Oh, we still gotta watch it. Yes. Well, before you go, Hunter, we'll watch it because I have it on blue right here. So, yeah. How about you, Joe? Have you seen this one? You're muted. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I've, I've seen it, but I think oh, okay. uh, it's in need of a rewatch um, for me. I, I would like to watch it again. Very much so. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. All right. Moving on to Adrian's number two. Mm. Total tonal shift there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a... It's, it's, that's the best. Still, still, I know, I know. Still thinking, wow. Uh, uh, Sorry about that. No, no, please, please. Uh, um, 
uh toy story 3 is the best toy story of all time and it's and it's the best uh it's it again it shouldn't have been that good you know when you get to your third movie um it's, it's talking about crying right like probably that's probably the movie where i cried probably the most you know probably where it's like 45 minutes of pure you know um uh raindrops um yeah no it's it's an incredible conclusion as we you know as we talked about conclusions earlier uh all of that put in still in a new storyline so it's like it has to conclude all the other two but still having an original storyline to it uh, it never feels rehashed it never feels old it never feels redundant it's always exciting um emotionally more than gut-wrenching um and it's what pixar does best mm -hmm. Hunter would say it's a good movie yeah and i agree with you saying it's a good conclusion too right i mean i like toy story 4 but i, I think this a is lot. a better ending sure but I love Toy Story 4 as well. That's yeah. what's crazy. It's like they they <laughs> they managed to like conclude it perfectly and then still do a sort of coda. Mm -hmm. Right? Which is like a yeah, an epilogue. Pulling out those music terms on us. Oh my goodness. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I need to watch it again. It's been a while. Wait, did my phone away? All right, Hunter, you're number two. Yes. And I feel like I could speak a little bit to it because one time on a bus in the middle of Mexico, they were playing it. And that's where I started to realize my absolute love and adoration with this film. Um, <clears throat> primarily because like any good superhero movie or any good action film, it it keeps the pacing just so well. Um, every scene kind of moves into the next one. I don't feel like there's any kind of lull. And even when it takes some time to have like a little emotional moment, to have its little Peter Parker-esque, uh, you know, like emotional moments, like it just blends it all in really well to with some great action. Um, I really like Miles Morales. I've read some of the Miles Morales comics. So seeing all that, with him, with his uncle, with the kind of new family dynamic you get there <laughs> excites me about this movie. So I like seeing what I thought was done pretty interestingly or pretty well in the comic done even better in my opinion in the Spider-Verse. I can't get the image out of my mind with the poster and Hunter, your thing coming over it. I'm just imagining that line from Monsters, Inc. with like, I can't believe it. I'm on a... <laughs> yes. Poor placement of the two. However, hey, that that's just how it goes. <laughs> um, also, all the music is super fun. Like the yeah, I don't know, blending things with like the pop culture and the 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 youth of today wanting their music. Anyways, it's a great movie. Yeah, visually it's spectacular. Okay, yeah. I, I yeah. pun intended. Pun totally intended. It's spectacular. <laughs> spectacular. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing is with um, Spider-Verse, I was just talking to a friend about it, but really in regards to the mainstream, it really um, introduced 
um, and revolutionized the use of an ode to 2D animation in 3D environments. Like I was just watching the new Puss in Boots movie, which is actually surprisingly great. Like I had no, like whatever, but it utilizes, too, yeah. it utilizes um, sort of hand-drawn aspects of it in a 3D environment. And we're seeing it more often in current animated films and I love that. And I love that there's more of that ode to 2D animation that Spider-Verse is able to provide. Considering that in the mainstream film, if your film, if your animated film isn't in computer animation, if it's hand-drawn or stop motion, it's probably not going to do very well. So the fact that Spider-Verse wants to pay tribute to it and wants to bring some semblance of it into the mainstream. I think is really admirable and also really awesome because it it gives uh, these hand these CGI films um, a really great and uh, nostalgic look to them as well and a great aesthetic. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Even the end credits have really amazing visuals and animation in them. Like, how often does that happen? Right. Like, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Like Hunter said, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, you're number two. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, this movie's fire. <laughs> Enough said. No, no, no. no. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I've seen this movie twice, and both times I feel like I've gotten something new out of it. It's the thing is, the um the power of this film like i feel like beautiful is not a strong enough word to describe it like the best word that i use to describe it is ravishing like it really envelops you in this world uh and really talks about the dynamic between the artist and the subject uh and of desire and it's told in such a nuanced way and Celine Siama, she's probably my second favorite director working today, right behind Luca Guadagnino. Oh, yeah. Wait, right behind who? Uh, behind Luca Guadagnino. But, in the, but, in, the, but in the female, she's number one. Yeah, I'd say she's my, my number one. She's like my number three or something, like mm -hmm. of all time. Yeah, so. I think she's really great at capturing um, visually the nuances of experiencing something new, something that you're unfamiliar with, something that you're trying to figure out. Um, Tomboy is another one of her films that I saw recently and it's great. Amazing. I love that film. And I feel like it's kind of going to be hard for her to top Portrait of a Lady on Fire, I feel like. yeah. Um, and that's not a bad thing at all because this is a fantastic movie and I cannot recommend it enough should just go in knowing as little about it as possible and uh just let it sweep you up sweep you off your feet honestly yeah i couldn't agree more mm -hmm. on both in tomboy as well mm -hmm. the, the the i feel like the naturalism of of her work is what really really gets you the most it's the it's the 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 shots on characters for just just minutes of them just thinking about things and you really get into their thoughts and it's 
it's it's it's it's external and at the same time it's very personal it's yeah it's really really awesome work also i've seen all of uh all of her other stuff and it's mm. pretty much all i want to see petite mama and water lilies yeah. right so both of them I, I did i wasn't a fan of petite mama i know like a lot of people loved it water lilies is good but the other one uh, uh bon de fee which uh uh, which is I don't remember in English, but it's about the French uh, uh, um, suburbs, uh, quote unquote, um, more like in the ghetto side of France, uh, and it's uh, it's also uh, uh, portrays uh, young women in coming of age, and it's really really incredible. Anyway, did you say it was Pauline? No, Pauline's a short film, which was also really cool. What was uh, that? Bon de Fille, which is a band Did of she, like, I, I'm looking at like um, the letterbox page of films directed by Celine Sciamma. Did she write that one instead? Direct. Or? Direct. Direct. You got it. There's only five. Do you mean Girlhood? Girlhood. Ah, okay. Bon That's Fille. another one that I've heard of. Yeah. Really good. Hmm. Really, really good. So, yeah. Nice. Yep. All right. Rahood, Bailey. Yeah. We're gonna go into our number ones, guys. Awesome. Dun, 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 dun. Here we go. For me, this movie is the best of the 2010s, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> you really got Adrian's hope up. <laughs> Yes. Like he was thinking Tree of Life, Tree of Life. Oh yeah, it's got to be Tree of Life. I know he hasn't seen it though. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, it's Guardians of the Galaxy, man. I love the music, love the characters, love their interactions with each other. Uh I don't know, it's just so awesome. Like when I was in high school, cross country and all of that, I would listen to the soundtrack to this all the time, like every single day on repeat. It's beautifully done. James Gunn great director loved it hopefully he does okay with dc on a side note i don't know but anyways great movie uh, i i love this movie as well honestly um i feel like james gunn is like the best director when it comes to superhero movies like, yeah me too and honestly like yeah i'm i think he's really gonna um help dc out a lot to really find their own voice you know because with dc it's been sort of hit or miss and they've actually and they've been starting to create more stuff that with their own voice and i feel like james gunn will be able to help them with that because um yeah he's really great at making superhero movies that like you know um stand that um that are great if you take away the whole universe element of it because like there's legitimate like human drama in a movie with a talking tree and a talking raccoon so. right <laughs> exactly and and just another point too these are like like z-list marvel characters in the comics you know like nobody cares about the guardians of the galaxy so but the this movie is able to do that right exactly this like, movie i had no idea clear. what what the guardians were and then like when i saw this uh, like I was like, oh my goodness! Like these are like, I care about these people so much, and I didn't even know anything about them beforehand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, amazing. All right, good music too. Yes, 
Absolutely. I just played it so much. Like I loved the movie so much. And like, I played the soundtrack so much that it, it's a little played out for me, <laughs> but it is a really great soundtrack. It is. Definitely. Anything to add, Adrian? <laughs> it's very good. Very good movie. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't like it the first time I started, to, I grew oh. into it. Uh, I love the second one. And, second one's good too. And, and I, uh, yeah, I, I, I like it. I just didn't understand it when I saw it. I was like, what's going on? What? The humor and the seriousness. And the, is this supposed to, I wasn't sure what the tone was supposed to be, but it's my fault. It's not the movie's fault. It was me expecting, uh, people were saying it's the new Star Wars. So I was expecting something like that. Yeah. And then it just um, was not that. So anyway, but it's very good. I will say this is probably, this is, no, not probably. This is definitely my favorite Marvel film. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I know for me, it's either this or Iron Man 1. I, I love both of them so much. I have a hard time picking, but yeah. All right, Adrian, your number one movie of the 2010s. And then I have to go to dinner. Okay. But, but I'm so sorry. I'm being called up. Um, yes. Well, you know, as Hunter said, um, this is probably the best film of the century i can say i i would say um maybe you know i'm not i wouldn't be like don't quote me on it but like if not the best one of the greatest films of the century and for many many reasons and you have to see it to to, to, to really understand it but mainly with the way it intertwines so many genres you have comedy you have drama you have suspense and not just at the same time over the course of the film it starts with comedy then it slowly goes into a sort of action uh as hunter would say i understand the connection that he made with the whole oceans 11 thing which is a stretch but still like you could you could make that connection which then gets into like a very dramatic arc which then gets into a thriller which then gets into suspense which then gets into this all into this horror almost psycho gory and it all the way he intertwines this, the Bong Jun Ho intertwines this, all telling a singular story, right, with a singular message, a very clear intention of of um, class inequality, and 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 hits every mark every time while being one of the best shot film plus edited plus musically in tuned and so on and performed and so on and so forth that for me you've won cinema and that's it you can go home and so that, that at that point you become you reach another level of cinema and and parasite has has reached that for me so there you go nice <laughs> all right it's like Lily Bailey put her list in. So the list. Portrait of the Lady on Fire, Carol, Call Me By Your Name, Ex Machina, Gone Girl, Blue is the Warmest Color, The Way Back, Way, Way Back, Francis Ha, Beginning Again, and Stoker. Yeah, that's, that's a great list, Bailey. Yeah, that's an amazing list. Mm. Even though, yeah, I know Blue is considered problematic. I don't like Sasha Gouda, Triance. Yeah. 
But I love the community and attachment to the law while watching the movie. I had a hard time narrowing down suspicions. I haven't seen some. So, I knew the hunt. A hunt. Mm. Only love is left alive. Oh, yeah, that's the the Jim Jarmusch movie. And Kill Your Darlings. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is too long. The sex scenes are way too long. Mm. Like, they, they don't add any real thing to the to the film but i guess you know the the kishi she's a very naturalistic director and like, to the point where you're wondering okay why is the yeah. director lingering like, on this for a while cinema. Decent, you know you know that this the moment that they met when they actually just meet it he did like a hundred take like a hundred like it was the whole day it was just them meeting it was just them having a, the first interaction what the fuck are you doing but yeah i'm um but and the the did I like the film? I don't remember if I liked it or not. Mm -hmm. I think I liked some of it. Yeah, overly long though. It's a three-hour movie. Hmm. All right, so we'll move on to Hunters number one. <laughs> Every right. time Hunter has revealed his number one, Adrian has just been like, yes. I <laughs> Guys. I'm not even a big fan of this, but because Hunter <laughs> likes it, you know. I really like Denis Villeneuve. I yeah, like, I like him too. I like 70 millimeter. I think it's so beautiful. I think it is so beautiful. I lived in a, in a, a uh, a concrete box for like a year, not for a year, for only a couple months, while I was in Mexico, and like at night it was really hot, so we'd open all the windows and look out into the desert, and like every single night watching the sun go down, I just was like, I'm in Sicario, <laughs> like it's just like I'd see the cactuses, I see these beautiful colors in the sky, and like there's a specific scene in the end where where the uh, the people have to go into the dark. They go, they drop below the horizon mm. and like descend into the black. And it was like, I don't know that just watching that at first was spectacular, but then being yeah. in Mexico in my hot concrete box and looking out and seeing just like the landscape, I was like, Oh man. Anyways, <clears throat> but I don't know. I, I just, I love this movie. It was kind of one of the first movies I saw that kind of had this tone to it. Uh, kind of a more a, a quietness and an odd, interesting. I don't know. It's like like a roller coaster that's that's a lot more chill, but it it still pulls you along. Um, and I don't know. I think it's sweet. I love. I, I don't know. I'm just like such a dumb visual person. It's just like, yeah, hell yeah. I still oh, yeah. need to see it. I'm sorry, Hunter. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Adrian, why aren't you a big fan? I know you got um, a good though. Uh, it, it left me cold again. It, I didn't like the main character. I thought her very mm -hmm. weak. I thought she was mm -hmm. a very weak protagonist. Um, they could have done so much more with her. Uh, obviously, I really like Del Toro, and there's some scenes I really love, but it didn't really pull me in like it did everyone else. Um, so and I'm a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm you know I, I really like Villeneuve, um, and I didn't hate it. Huh? I just I thought it was okay, and uh, 
But overall, yeah, it wasn't that much of a, that big of a fun. He might love you best, Hunter, but he will not g get away with making a list without crushing your <laughs> one of your favorites, too. <laughs> best I'll for last. I'll allow it. <laughs> Joe, have you seen it? No, I haven't. It's but I've great. seen a couple of uh, Denis Villeneuve's uh, films. So, yeah. Prisoners. Yeah. Oh, prisoners! That's on my list. I'm gonna watch it today. I I gotta watch that on one. Netflix. That's like, that. People say that I love that one. That's something. I will <laughs> say, just being a visual person and and being an artist and everything. After watching this movie, I made a I made a poster. <laughs> oh, dude, a yeah, black and white poster of it. So I remember that it was for your art class, right? Good. Yeah, it was. It doesn't look very good, but uh, Deacon's work in this is particularly. Is he the cinematographer? Cinematographer. Yeah. yeah. He, I'm gonna have to look him up and watch some more of his movies because I'm sure you've seen a lot. Skyfall, all the Coen oh, Brothers, yeah. uh, the, the 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 1917. I think he did Dune as well. Mm -hmm. Did he? I think so. He can do Dune. It's possible. Oh, uh, no, I don't no. think so. Bacon's no. didn't do Dune. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, he did something else with Villeneuve. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, I think 2049. Yeah. That's oh, right. that's what it was. Okay. Greg Fraser did Dune. Hmm. All right, Joe, we're going on to your number one. All right. Oh, yes. So, uh, The Red Turtle. Uh, this, uh, this is a film that... Um, when I saw it for the first time, it it so deeply impacted me in a way that a film never had before. And by the time it reached the ending, I was absolutely bawling my eyes out. And I explained this to um, my mom and she was like, okay, I'll watch it. And then, uh, so I watched it again the next day and absolutely bawled my eyes out again. And this is, at the end of the day, The Red Turtle is a movie about life. And it's an incredibly simple movie, but by the end, it feels like you've gone on this fairy tale like journey. And it has this full circle sort of vibe to it. And uh, the music as well is beautiful whenever I just need to. Um, I don't know, clean up or whatever, or work on something, I'll put the soundtrack on and it just gets me in the right headspace. Um, I love the animation. Uh, and this was a bit of a collaboration between Wild Bunch and Studio Ghibli, but really there was only about six producers from Ghibli who worked on the film because the director, Michael DeWitt, he created the short animated film uh, Father and Daughter, which when Hayao Miyazaki saw it, well, it won the Oscar for Best Animated Short. And when Hayao Miyazaki saw it, he was like, hey, would you like to, would you like to make a movie at my studio? And then he was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, and, um, and so it was released after um, Miyazaki and Takahata made their last films. And when sort of the studios just sort of 
floating a bit. And really, it's technically not a Studio Ghibli film. There were only about six producers from Ghibli who worked on producing the movie. But so, so it's technically inherently not a Ghibli film, but Ghibli deeply helped with the creation of the film. And uh, uh, yeah, I think it's a beautiful film and I think more people should check it out. And yeah, that's my thing on it. Had any of you heard of it? I've yes. heard of it. I haven't seen it though. Mm -hmm. Well, you should definitely check it out because it's really, really great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with everything that was said. Oh, have you seen it, Adrian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have? Oh yeah, my yeah. god! Finally. <laughs> yeah, Red Turtle is is, is huge, and um, it's French, and and it. Uh, yeah, no dialogue. No, you're just just pure emotions. Mm -hmm. it's special it's one of those films like i don't know like they'll never be commercially successful unfortunately yeah uh it's like celestine and 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 the other one like there's no one you know they're at made for america, they're like, at least in america in america yeah mm -hmm. but they're made for joe so it's like they're made for europe and joe that's the that's the that's the that's the demographic that's the demographic Europeans they, and Joe Europeans and Joe that's the, that's that's usually the the the, the 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 when they have meetings you know like when they look at their demographic to see who they have to please they know so I'm glad that it's hitting the right audience the audience that would that they intended but unfortunately it's not just everyone Joe. is me yeah, so, so so it's it's that's the that's the only issue. If not, yeah, no, I love, um, yeah, I think I agree with everything you tell, for sure. I, I do have to go up before it gets cold. But guys, it's been a pleasure, an honor, as always. Hunter, um, you're go going on your next mission in January. So, you know, I won't be seeing you for the next two years because you'll be going, uh, you know, back to your to your mission. So, you know, good luck with that. And um, so actually, I'm just going to college, but <laughs> oh, so no more mission that's over, yeah, that's over. Okay, um, uh, that would be okay. cool though, a little more poetic. Sorry about that, yeah, no, no, no please, no, 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 please, but and, never uh, mind. Uh, so Hunter, I will be uh, seeing you probably, hopefully, on the next one. Uh, Joe, always a pleasure, as always, Likewise. um, uh, the 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 lovely diversity that we have on the stream and with the movies and Harrison, you know, as always, you know, pleasure, of course. pleasure is always mine. So thank you. And, uh, I will, how do I leave? Oh yeah. I leave studio right here, right? Yep. Okay, cool. So for next time, uh, we do the, um, you'll let, you'll let us know. Right. Yeah. And so starting next year, we'll be doing, totally different series this is the end of the decades and then it's genres yep we're yeah, gonna yeah, do genres and i'm cutting it of... down to five i think 10's a little much <laughs> okay cool yeah all right yeah yeah no yeah well that's the thing if you're not if i'm if i wasn't doing anything that'd be fucking fantastic but now right you okay. got your your stuff but for sure well thank you guys much love yep. bye bye yep. and thanks for everyone for watching too and uh 
like Adrian said, we're going to come back again next month, hopefully the 21st, just depending on our schedules. And uh, yeah, thanks again, guys. Take care, everyone.